This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Welcome, boils and ghouls. Today we've got two ghastly ghost-gathering gas bags with 2016's Ghostbusters and 2021's Ghostbusters. So gather up some mood slime, it's your new girlfriend, and it's time for Frightful Failures! You were like having a hard time figuring out what came after three, and I was like, I better slow down. <laughs> We've gone too fast. I better slow down. Um, I better slow down. I get it. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, you know, Zach, uh, <laughs> so I, I, I really appreciate that you introduced me to that new Dead by Daylight dating sim, and I am just mm-hmm. so excited. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to picture already what I'm going to wear for my first date with Trapper, because, like, I know, you know, he, he tends to be a little bit more casual, I think. He doesn't like to mm-hmm. go too formal. So I'm thinking maybe if he takes me out to, like, more of, like, kind of a burger place, you know, I can wear something that maybe is, is buttoned down, but maybe short sleeve. I mean, what are you thinking? I think that's the perpetual look for any person who's not confident in how their body is. But I yes. think you go with, like, a little spooky Guy Fieri kind of look. I think Trapper comes, picks you up, you know... Uh, attacks you right in your little spooky boy bussy and, you know, a uh, new high score. Spooky uh, Guy Fieri is actually the tagline on my grinder. So that's, yeah. That's oh, I exactly... thought it was getting this spooky boy bussy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the second line. You can have more than one line. Zach. Oh, I didn't know that. When was the last time mine. you're on grinder? Come on. I got to update mine. I, yeah, you clearly, do. You got to update I'm, it. I'm, yeah. I'm playing on an old, uh, on an old system. <laughs> on an old system. That's right. Um, now, uh, do you think that uh, the team that makes Dead by Daylight, that they maybe missed an opportunity by not calling their new dating sim Dead by Gaylight? Absolutely. This is what, folks. This is why you got to get us on your marketing team. It's this kind of stuff right here. Grinder, we're expecting a call. Dead by Daylight developers, we're expecting a call. That's exactly by, right. You know, or bed by... <gasps> what about bed by Gaylight? Bed by Gaylight. There we go. Dead by Daylight developers, we're, we're expecting at least two phone calls now. Yes. Uh, get us on your marketing team, goddammit. Uh, just send us a check in the mail, honestly. That would be yeah, fine. Yeah, that's true. At this point, why get it complicated with words? Just send us the money. Yes, yes. Now, uh, Zach, I'm feeling a little bit of a deja vu, as uh, someone across from me has said before on this show. Uh, you don't think... Uh, we, Wait, we but did I ever say deja vu? Yes, you don't remember that? Yeah, I, I, I swear to God, folks I at home, from if my you're brain. listening to this right now, uh, I have an encyclopedic memory of this show, and my co-host is like a goldfish that I just corral into a room once every few months, and I'm like, I got to remind him everything. He's like, so what's it called? And I'm a frightful fairs. He's like, look, so here's what do the we, thing. what do here's we, here's the thing. <laughs> when I said deja vu, that was the funniest fucking thing you've ever heard in your life. But to me, it was Thursday. Yeah. You know what? That is. Now that's a callback. Cause we fucking talked about that movie. You so nailed fuck it. you. I remembered it. Yeah, that is very true. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, in the deja vu that I'm experiencing, does it feel like we've, we've been here before? I mean, uh, dead by gay light. I mean, surely 
And surely, I mean, we haven't uh, done this uh, introduction before, right? I mean, there's no, there's no way that we recorded, you know, th- this and then uh, you're talking a happened. lot of shit for somebody who is sitting on a recorded call right now, while both of us have thunderstorms actively happening, and it's going to oh knock out the fucking power please, again. You're talking please. a lot of shit. <laughs> I know that both of these films are very scary and have to do with ghosts, but please, ghosts, do not come and knock out our power again, please. Yeah, what? Once for you for trying to watch it, once for me trying to record this stupid show, mm-hmm. uh, you are playing with fire with your amount of shit Let's talking. both go into our bathrooms right now, turn the lights off, look in the mirror, and say Ghostbusters 2016 over and over into the mirror and spin around three times, and then when you open your eyes, if Melissa McCarthy's in there over your shoulder, whew, baby consider yourself lucky i thought you were gonna say turn around three times and then get fucked in your bookie boy bussy <laughs> nevertheless that's a callback folks welcome to an episode of frightful failures i am your ghost host with the most zach romero joining me here as always is your ghost host with the most tn Gignol. and tn we are forever keeping in tradition of striking all the irons hot and we are talking about two films that just recently came out that everyone and their mother has got hot takes on and I'm of course referring to Ghostbusters 2016 Answer the Call and Ghostbusters 2021 Afterlife. Uh, definitely no one has had hot takes about these shows before. We're right at the cusp of it. We're right front in line and we're going to be talking some shit that I'm sure no one is expecting. That's exactly right. Yeah. We, we, we try and make sure that we, uh, we release our takes on a film before red letter media has a chance to put out like three hours of content about, you know, commentary about a film. We want to, we, we don't want to be influenced by them and their criticisms. You know, we want to make sure we're going in fresh baby so that is why mm -hmm, that's why you're getting this super fresh um it is simultaneously 2016 and 2021 right now when you're listening to this both these movies just came out and we're here to talk about them baby so let's start off here with the least controversial of the two films i'm of course referring to ghostbusters 2016 answer the call and if i may let me give a brief uh synopsis of what was happening exclusively in this film. Okay. Uh, so three oddball scientists and a street smart every person come together to study the occult and decide to set up shop in an old abandoned building above a Chinese food restaurant where they decide to become what the uh, local media refers to as, get this, Ghostbusters. And so they begin trapping pesky ghosts, spirits, haunts, and poltergeists for money. Well, it's not long until these four wisecrack their way through the city and stumble upon a gateway to another dimension, one which will release untold evil upon the city. The Ghostbusters are called upon to save the Big Apple. Very original, very, very fertile ground to be digging into. Very original, very funny. That is the uh, TBS uh, logo, of course. Oh, I thought that was uh, one of the taglines tag of Ghostbusters 2016. Well, that too. Very, very original, original, very, very funny. funny. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Here we go, Ghostbusters fans. Our 
core demographic of 35 to 40 year old neckbeards are ready for us to go in hard on this movie. Get ready, boys. Here we go. We're going to say all the stuff they wrote on YouTube and on 4chan when this movie came out. Get ready, guys. Here we go. We will not stand for the feminists taking over anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm an adult virgin. Uh... <laughs> um, but, okay, but uh, genuine question here for you. So um, yes. do you recall, um, or rather kind of walk me through what you remember because you you know we just talked about zach's goldfish memory i don't know that you even remember that back in the early early days of this show we did uh, an episode just about trailers for upcoming horror and horror adjacent films and one of the trailers we discussed was the trailer for this movie does that ring a bell for you uh, as a matter of fact, it doesn't. However, uh, I love how you like to slam me in a corner here as though we haven't completely changed the entire <laughs> format of this show nearly every episode since its inception. <laughs> that is very this true. There's a lot of early episodes I like to forget about. but um... th- th- This isn't fucking like, you know, biography on A&E where it's like, that's ah, the same show every episode. Like, this is we've 60 literally minutes, changed Zach. It. Long it's running, spook- well respected, it's, it's spooky <laughs> boy, Timely. bussy sixty minutes. Yes, <laughs> that's my username. <laughs> so, uh, and if it's less than sixty minutes, then it's free. Um, so, it's free every time, baby. <laughs> so, so yes, I vaguely recall us discussing trailers, and when I think about the trailer for twenty sixteen Ghostbusters, it is oddly serious in tone. And it immediately starts out by, so the smart money would have been, okay, one of two things, either this is like a handing of the torch situation movie, or this is like a completely new thing. We don't even acknowledge the previous movies. This is like a complete new direction. And the trailer, the first trailer immediately Daisy changed it to the original because it says like, oh, 30 years ago, four scientists saved New York from ghosts. And it's like, okay, well, what are people supposed to gather from this from when you start with that as your as your first move? Like, of course, they're going to immediately draw comparisons and shit on themselves and shit on themselves. They did. Now, I agree with you. And that's the whole show. Let's move on. So Ghostbusters Afterlife. (laughs) I was expecting I had more time to finish my bite of food. Well, I I didn't (laughs) realize. I'm like, oh, Zach will be on his fucking high horse for a minute here. (laughs) And then you finish your sentence and I went, oh, no. (laughs) I didn't realize you were eating until I finished throwing it to you and then turned and looked. And I see that you've just bitten it. I'm like. Oh my god! And then I, um, and then I think like, okay, well, we'll just do another take, and I'll just start talking now. But then you tried to power through it, and you're like, well, I'm like, oh no! Myself, I thought to myself, well, I could just edit out this pause later. (laughs) Like, I'll just say I agree, and then wait a minute, and 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 maybe Zach can like answer a text or something. (laughs) Instead, you were Edgar from Men in Black, and you were like, (laughs) whoa. You're right about one thing, Zach. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, listen, I agree with you, and I, oh, okay. I, I did. Do, uh, so, in regards to the trailer, 
I do think that they, they're kind of riding a weird fence, like you said, that they're making this comparison. They're they're using that sort of... And we're going to make a lot of uh, comparisons to, like, Star Wars, I feel like, here. Because that's yeah. the era that we're in, ladies and gentlemen, you know, yeah. where it's like, let's take the old film. Honestly, I'm surprised that Back to the Future is not next on the chopping block. But um, uh, the fact of the matter is, so you've got a trailer that uses a lot of, like, very serious uh, references to this, like, much-beloved film. It's 30 fucking years old. And um, you're using, like, uh, instrumental uh, minimalist pieces of what is a very recognizable, like, musical soundtrack. Um, and, and then instead of paying, like, full respect and, like, coming in on, like, you know, kind of like the way that Afterlife did their trailer where they're like, and now a shot of the fucking Ecto-1, like, tearing its ass through a cornfield or whatever. Instead, it just immediately cuts to a ghost and three characters that we don't know. And so I'm like, well, I wonder why they did it that way. Because they really, if the goal of the trailer was to say your grandma's Ghostbusters, like, sorry, nerds, the feminists are taking over. Um, uh, that... They would have, I feel like the shot would have been different. You would have cut to like, and now when New York needed them most, they're back. And then it just cuts to Melissa McCarthy farting and falling down. Um, but it didn't do that. It cuts to like a nice looking ghost. Um, but then kind of pans over and it's like, who are these sluts? <laughs> <laughs> and we all collectively ask that question. <laughs> so, um, no, but really, I, I think I just think that it, Sony didn't really pick a lane on that one. Yes. Um, and they certainly felt the burn on that one. I wonder, are, are comments still disabled on this uh, trailer all these years I, later? I theorize that the reason why YouTube got rid of the dislike button counter is because of Ghostbusters 2016. They were like, what, it almost blew the website up. Like It certainly right. was a con- contributing factor, I feel. Well, because like, fuck Sony, it wasn't four scientists in the first one. It was three. Three scientists and Ernie Hudson. He didn't graduate college, goddammit. Precisely that. But uh, let me just, in all seriousness for a moment here, just so I I can make it very clear where I, I, and I won't speak for my co-host, but where I stand on this is uh, I don't know that any film deserves the kind of backlash that Ghostbusters 2016 did. And there are many, many worse films. Um, And yet this one just took a merciless beating uh, with a big old heaping helping side of sexism and racism uh, to go along with it. So uh, yeah, I would say this the, the kind of absolute group shitting that this movie took. I like Tommy Wiseau's The Room doesn't deserve that. Troll Two doesn't deserve that. Like there, no film really deserves the amount of scorn that this one did, and the fact that it was scorn based on no viewing. Like, so much of it was pushed back just from the trailer or just the very concept alone, which, you know, I'm not sitting here and saying, like, well, give every movie a chance. Some movies are going to stink out loud as soon as you see the trailer. But you didn't have to be like, mm, death to everyone who worked on this. Like, that's a little much. Yeah, and it became so widely accepted, um, just the way in which this film was hated on um, and by people who were really claiming to be just just dedicated fans of the original film. Like it got to that point where I almost like now when I'm at a convention, like I see a proton pack and it's almost like I'm like, have you said the N word before? It it did leave (laughs) a weird stink on that fan community. 
of just like so many people claiming to be diehard fans saying absolutely just disgusting shit. Like it's one thing, it's one thing to be like, Hey guy, I'm a fucking fan from like way back in the day. Like I love these movies. I got like a Slimer tattoo on my butthole. You're like, okay. You're like, I love these films and everything that's going on with them. I'm like, okay. But I got to be honest, I don't love the ghost designs of 2016. I feel like they were kind of missing the mark a little bit. You'd be like, okay, okay, I can respect that. But if you go through all that, like, I'm a real fan, and I'm just looking at this objectively as a fan of these films, you're like, oh, what do you think? I think these cunts need their throats slit. You're like, okay, well, you know what? You fucking threw that away. You Whatever fucking in-depth analysis you were going to fucking throw out is you've disqualified yourself. That's gone. Yeah. Uh, really and truly. So, um, all right. So, so you know, we 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 we've gotten that out of the way. That yes. elephant in the room. So let's jump into the movie. So uh, the movie opens with a scene sort of akin to the library scene from the first Ghostbusters, where you're introduced to a character. It's not going to be a main character um, that experiences a haunting. And um, I guess my first question to you would be, well, what did you think about the opening scene of the film? I actually really liked the whole setup. Um, I was okay with it being a clear homage to the original library. I was like, this makes sense. This is fine. Um, the only problem I had with it was I felt like we went overboard with the amount of spooky shit that led up to the, which was, I guess, ending the cold open. Because in the original, it's the ghost turn, ah, ghost is scary, ah, uh, Dan Marino, or, uh, um, oh, God damn it. Finkel's mom, yeah, Finkel's mom from Ace Ventura freaks out, and the papers go everywhere, and uh, and then then we get into the tr- the the opening. I was like, oh, that's fine. In this case, this man is like in the basement from fucking Evil Dead Two, and the floor is like acid, and there's no the door slammed and locked, and he's like hanging on. He's like ah, and you're like, oh, he's dead. This guy is 100 percent dead from this experience, and then we. But the movie treats it like it's the same level as the library ghost. It's just like, later you see him and he's like, Hey, you girls aren't supposed to be here. And it's like, weren't you haunted earlier? No, couldn't be me. And then fucking Ed Bagley Jr.'s like, no, it was him. And he he said to me that he shit on himself an awful lot. He's like, oh, come on, man. And he's like, no, he did. He shit on him. And it was, what a foolish person. Anyway, he's definitely alive, though. And then we moved on. And I was like, cause I, when I saw him later in the movie, I was like, oh, clearly he's, like, possessed or something. Or he's a demon now or something. But no, he just apparently had poop on him at one point, And the movie decided to let us know about it. Yeah, you expected that you'd be taken back to that same location. There would just be a green skeleton in the basement, like fucking Mars Attacks. Exactly. Like, like oh, he's oh. definitely fucking Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> We're setting yeah. a new standard for what's <laughs> happening to people in the Ghostbusters universe. Yeah, you, you, Ghost- expected, <laughs> you expected the Ghostbusters show up, open the door, and then his just mangled corpse is there. And then Melissa McCarthy's just violently vomiting because it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just it's horrifying. It's like, uh, it's like the Cenobites got done with him and there's like oh my God! 
But instead, that's it's just, the- <laughs> oh, he pooped on himself in an earlier scene that you may recall. <laughs> that's the tagline for Ghostbusters 2016. It's Ghostbusters, answer the call, the ghost ain't fucking around now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if that's where the grittiness of the reboot came from, was like, oh, it's fucking poltergeist and someone's going to goddamn die. You'd be like, oh my God, what's going on? And then, <laughs> and then the comedians still play it like they are in this, or they're just like... <laughs> Oh, I got some ectoplasm in my cooch. And it's like, meanwhile, there's a mangled, smoldering corpse. You're like, oh, my God. (laughs) They just saw, like, a ghost, like, juggling severed heads or whatever. And they're just like, well, anyways, uh, how about this fart sound in the EVP? (laughs) That's pretty funny, huh? Well, what would have to happen is the director would have to just bury the lead for the cast. You have to be like, yeah, yeah. And then Slimer comes out and he farts. And they're like, okay, okay, this will be a good kid's film. And he's like... We got the R rating approved, guys. Like with the producers and, and the next instead, meeting. Instead, all the ghost attacks are just recycled footage from fucking Event Horizon when it's just the <laughs> hell dimension. <laughs> it's like, and they're just like, oh, what the hey? Let's try time to punch this balloon in the butthole, ladies. Like, <laughs> and Sam Neill doesn't have eyes, and he's like, you've always been here. And then they're like, oh, zap this ghost in the dick. Am I right? Like, okay. Fabulous. All right. So, um, all right. So, so after this whole cold open, everything we're speaking about here, we are introduced to our new, uh, busters. Um, first and foremost, Aaron Gilbert played by Kristen Wiig. Um, so she's sort of in a way, our Bill Murray stand in, I guess, you know, you could kind of make the comparison for all three of them, but it's not perfect you know some are better than others in terms of where they fit into that role yeah because i guess you would say what in the how would you because then you... like holtzman is your egon right and, and then obviously like uh leslie jones patty uh is your ernie for I'm no saying. other reason other than she's not a scientist right that's it that's, that's the all only we're reason saying. they're comparable that's all we're saying okay um, um <clears throat> and then yeah i um, guess that makes melissa mccarthy your ray your, ray, your dan but... Aykroyd. But those aren't perfect comparisons, and that's fine. They they didn't have to be like one for one stand-ins. Like no. we just made a female. Like this is a uh, this is like a, a fan art like femme drawing of <laughs> Ray. I or, drew a femme Ray and a femme Peter, and uh, here they hey, are. <laughs> if you if you drew that, by the way, you can email us at picture and any oh, others you want to send. Uh, yeah, any fan art you want to send us, please. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, if you draw a female version of Ray, but she still has a penis, that's also okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, just okay. But just, you know, but please send it to us immediately. Like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for, we can, for study. But it's um, fine. Like, yeah, exactly. But, I, yeah, because I guess Kristen Wiig's character is sort of the skeptic, kind of. Like, even though she helped write a ghost book, she's clearly embarrassed about it and is trying to, like, move on to a more serious academic career. So I guess she would kind of be considered a skeptic. How much would you say, like, Venkman's skepticism, like, plays into the first film? I don't know. He's kind of skeptic, but also is just sort of, like, along for the ride. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, even Dana says that, like, he's like a game show host or something like that. Like, he just has this general sleaze to him that he's just sort of, like... Well, I'm not going to go get a regular job, so I guess I'll just kind of go along with this until I can figure out my next grift. And so he's, like, certainly skeptical at the beginning. But then again, he talks about Egon and, like, knowing the experiments that Egon has done. So clearly, like, he believes that they're scientists. So I don't know. 
This one again, very cheating. clearly sets up what is their prior relationship prior to, like, the first scene in the movie. Right. Whereas, I feel like the relationship between Ray, Egon, and uh, Peter prior to the film is maybe a little bit more nebulous. Like, it doesn't exactly say how they got... This one does not bury the lead at all. This one is like, here's the book they wrote together. Here's the... They, they directly say they knew each other in high school. They did a, a drama production together about science and blah, blah, blah. Like, it yeah. lays it all out for you. Um, and as far as you know, Holtzman is kind of new to the scene. She... I feel like she just started working with um, Abby Yates when she started working at this new institute. So... I don't know. Do you think that... Do you agree with me? Do you think that, like, the original Ghostbusters, like, it's left a little bit more ambiguous how long they've known each other and... Yeah, because I feel like the movie didn't really think it was that important. What what was important was, like, what they were doing now and that they trusted each other. That's what was important. Um, Whereas the new one, it's fine. It's fine that we have that connection. But then again, like... Like you said, okay, we've got this deeper connection between these two characters, but the other two on the team are like just sort of tag-alongs at that point. It's like, hmm, okay, well, that's fine. So what do you think of the characters in this film? What do you think of our main four? Great question. Um, I think Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy are both fine, but I feel like their interpretations or their humor make them too similar. I feel like they're kind of playing the same Ghostbuster. Um, I think... Uh, Leslie Jones as uh, Patty, I think, is very funny. I think the I the the few times that I laughed in this movie was through things that she did because she commits one hundred and ten percent, and there was just options for her to sort of do comedically. The my number one favorite character of the four is definitely Holtz. Holtz one hundred percent because it feels like an actual character. Everybody else feels like they're just sort of finding their humor and kind of doing. They're what would almost be like equivalent of like stand-up routine uh, versus Holtz is like, feels like a character, feels like the Egon of the movie, um, is making weird character choices, but is funny within the world that we're building versus the other three are just sort of like trying to be funny outside of like the here and now of Ghostbusters. Because so many of the jokes are like the riff kind of jokes where they're just sort of improving and it's almost like kind of like side one-liners and they don't fit necessarily in the world. Like I'll give you an example. So Kristen Wiig's character, um, the kind of quote unquote skeptic is also kind of mousy. Like she kind of comes off as a little bit awkward and shy, um, and doesn't really like talk to people. So kind of your bumbling sort of basic comedic lead of just like, Oh, I'm just kind of awkward. Uh." Which is fine. That's a fine character choice to make. But then when they're trying to get into the firehouse to make that the base of operations, and the real estate agent's like, oh, yeah, it's perfect. They're like, oh, it's perfect. How much is it a month? And the real estate agent says, oh, it's $21,000 a month. And before she can even get, like, the full word month out, Kristen Wiig turns and goes, oh, burn in hell. And then they're both shocked. And she's like, oh, my God, where did that come from? I'm so sorry. Which is, like, in a vacuum, a funny moment. But as a does character. She say, does she say burn in hell? Like, is that the, the quote? Yeah, that's what she says. Like, it snaps just like that. Like, say the line, uh, it costs $21,000 a month. It's uh, $21,000 a month. Go to hell? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't know where mm. that came from. How much is it? Uh, $21,000 a month. Go right to hell. Oh, I did it again. I'm so sorry. Like, that's the bit. Which, again, in a in a bubble or, like, an SNL sketch, like, oh, that's kind of funny. <clears throat> but, like, for her care... And, again, I don't... The two things I didn't want this fucking episode to be was that, like, 
we're the anti-feminism fuckboys or that we're like the college professors of comedy because we're not. But my point is, for both Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig, their characters are kind of laid out, but then all of these sort of like their natural jokes and their natural improv is not strictly through the lens of these characters. So it kind of becomes like a family guy thing where like, Oh, the character is dumb, but in this scene for, in order for this joke to work, they have to be smart. It's the same kind of thing. Like, Oh, sure. Kristen Wiig is very awkward and, and mousy, except for this scene where she needs to say something zany or crass or whatever, in which case she's just going to do that for this one scene. And then we'll go back to normal. And right. the, both of them, I think suffer from that the most. Well, what did you think? What was your evaluation of all the characters? Well, uh, I'll... Uh, and I mean I'll, all I'll the characters. Every single character on the fucking Okay, roster. you got it. Here we go. All right, we're starting with uh, the Lady Gaga character who does the tour guide of the, the mansion. I thought he was very funny. Every line good. Um, and then we go with the first tourist that's in his tour group. Um, they could have committed a little harder. Very true, um, very true. I agree with that. No, in terms of the main Ghostbusters, um, I would agree with you. Um, I think that in the earlier part of the film it's more defined and mm -hmm. distinguished like the difference between abby yates and aaron gilbert like especially in like the first meeting where they meet each other like you know abby yates muslim mccarthy's character is making even comments about like god you gotta stick up your ass you're so you used to be fun blah 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 and so then you know it's supposed to be kind of like a a victorious moment when after she's like fired from her job and she kind of joins the Ghostbusters officially and she reverts back to like a version of her that had more fun with Abby. That you're supposed to be like, oh, great. Like, this is who she really is. But then you're right. They just kind of become like the same person at that point. Right. You're yeah. Like, oh, okay. Gotcha. Which, you know, whatever. They're friends. I get it. But I agree with you. I think that the the four original Ghostbusters, here we go. We're doing it. We're making all oh, the comparisons. You did it. You did it. Very, did it. very distinct characters. Um, and all their humor comes from very different places. Like Bill Murray's humor is not the same as Dan Aykroyd's humor in the first film at all. Like very different. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously, you know, like Egon, very, very different, like style of humor you're getting there as well. So, um, so I guess in total, um, and here's the thing. Here's what's interesting. And this kind of leads into a question I have for you. So um, I watched the extended version of this movie. This mm -hmm. is like the third time I've seen this film, by the way. Um, oh, my God. Aware of that. I am not. Is this is this your, what was it, like your sixth or? No, this was the only time I've ever seen this movie. Was this the, the time watching for this very episode? You're joking. Are, are you being serious? Because I know sometimes you like to commit to some arbitrary thing, like, I'm never going to ride the Simpsons ride because it replaced my favorite ride and I'm never going to do it. So is this one I've of those never, things? Like, are you I've joking? I've never ridden the Simpsons ride at Universal Studios Florida. You are such a cuck. Um, ha uh, have you never stepped inside Diagon Alley? Of course I have. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. See, so I guess, guess your morals aren't that good, huh? Oh, oh they took away my skipper ride. <laughs> my morals, Ooh, my oh, morals, I'm gonna based, go buy a wand. <laughs> my, my morals based strictly on theme park attractions. Being yeah, exactly. Not. I'm a sham. <laughs> I'm a sham. You are a fraud. <laughs> okay, so this, uh, I bet so, next you're gonna tell me you don't even fucking like Fievel's Playland now, you piece of shit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, you're crying about the Woody Woodhouse Nutcracker Coaster. Oh, oh. oh I fucking pulled a hamstring climbing on the rope bridge on fucking Five-O. You're a fucking phony. 
Oh, I didn't sit through the entirety of Animal Actors Live. Oh, you're not a real fan, you piece of shit. I'm never going to DreamWorks Live because I fucking missed the Barney show. That was the best goddamn live entertainment I've ever seen. I There's been some real times in my life that I thought my father was going to disown me. But really on the top of that list is being like 14 years old and dragging my father into Day in the Park with Barney. Because I was like, well, we've never done this. We've done everything else at the park. We've never done Barney. And he just <laughs> looked at me the whole time and was just like, I'm leaving you here. This boy ain't right. I'm going. My dad became Hank Hill that day. (laughs) This boy is not correct. That's what he said. Uh, Yeah. So, hey, hey, I get it. You know, I mean, you're a real theme park aficionado. You said, I'm 30 years old and I've never gone to Curious George Goes to Town. Right. Time to go fire some balls at kids. (laughs) Hopefully knock one unconscious. Let me, let me dump through this group of children that are actively getting me sick and then I'm going to run out of breath as I try to go to the second level to knock over the big water bucket. I'm a fraud. But yeah, this is the only time I've ever seen Ghostbusters 2016. Yeah, and hope that joke tangent really appeared to appeal to everyone that doesn't live in (laughs) Central Florida. (laughs) What the fuck? People just Googling, what the fuck are they even talking about? What are they fucking talking about? in the park and Barney, what the fuck? I came here for fucking misogyny. What is happening? (laughs) When are they going to talk about these fucking whores dressed as Ghostbusters? (laughs) Fucking Simpsons ride. Simp is more like a couple of simps right here. Uh, Okay, so I only saw this movie once. I only saw this movie once. Cut all that out. I only saw this movie once on purpose. Like you, like was it like you were a a picket outside of Ghostbusters when it went to theaters? Hold on, Mm -hmm. let me be Zach Morris for a second. Hold the phone a second. You might you be wondering st- how I got here. You st- you're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> this fucking co-hosting with this Momo. Um, <laughs> you gave me shit at the start of the episode about fucking goldfish dum-dum brain over here. Can't remember the last time we recorded, which was four and a half years ago. What a piece <laughs> of shit this guy is. Literally, my bit on this show is that I don't go to movie theaters and see modern movies. So in 2016... I wasn't seeing shit in theaters, so I didn't see anything. So, yes, this is the first time I ever saw this movie was for this show, because I don't fucking watch modern movies. Okay, well, I mean, fair enough. I I I don't know why you're acting shocked about this. Like, wait a minute, you're not on top of this shit? All right, fine, I get it. Well, then, let me ask you. So, it seems as if you did not watch the extended version of this film, and you probably watched the theatrical version. Do Do you know definitively? What is the difference? Well, one big difference probably would be uh, you can tell whether or not there was a big dance scene uh, near the climax of the film. Was there? I, in fact, watched the theatrical version. (laughs) (laughs) For me, the dance number was chopped into into bits uh, during the end credits. And I actually wrote a note here on my pad Mm -hmm. that I I am showing to Tien right now. Uh, I have a note written down here that simply said, let me see if I can get my mind back to where I was when I saw this in the moment. Um. The dance number during the end credits is comedy poison and was very wise to cut. That was was a note that I wrote down, comedy poison. Well, I mean, you're you're probably, I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not going to say that the dance number being, I wasn't like slapping my belly and clapping when the dance number was happening. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Your neighbors are knocking on the door like, are you all right? Are you all right? Hello, police? Okay, Jesus. Um, a man is having a mental break in here. The police come in. They start hysterically laughing. No, I just the imagine. The dance scene from Ghostbusters 2016 extended cut. No, I just, ah! I just imagine that it was just the scene from Evil Dead 2. Like you start your laugh. You're like, ah! and then at the end you're just screaming. Ah! You're just screaming in your living room. Yeah. Yeah. And all the inanimate objects in my room are laughing with the movie. My cats are laughing. Yeah. The and... lamp sounds like Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, okay, so here's the thing. So it's it's not a funny scene, but at least it's, like, a choice that they made. They obviously right. put a lot of, like, time and effort into filming it, you know, choreographing it, etc. So the fact that it's cut out in the theatrical version, a.k.a. the version that 99% of people are going to see and uh, put into the trailer, really, I think, speaks volumes about how much Sony was probably involved in the final edit of this film uh, especially post uh, trailer reaction, post post the great comment disabling of late 2015. Yeah, that's, um, um, that's probably actually pretty accurate, I would think, because I agree with what you're saying. By no means do I like. I think it was the right choice to cut the dance number because, again, comedy poison. Uh, we got once Cuban Pete in the mask with Jim Carrey, and that's it. That's all you get. Everything else. <laughs> Listen, listen, you know, speaking of Universal, the dance sequence doesn't like remind you of the Ghostbusters street show where Beetlejuice makes them all dance. That doesn't give you like just a little twinge of nostalgia, you know. Bang- you know what I did when I saw that in real life for the first time? Uh-huh. I just, you do? I shit right there on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> I just went, not for me, not for me. Now, I wow. know what you're thinking. Well, Zach, were you like five and you were actively shitting on yourself because you're a toddler? No. I was a full-grown man. It happened last week. Wow. <laughs> I did not realize they were still doing that show as of last week, but I got to get back to the parks, right, baby. Really? Um, no, it, <laughs> so, it's, but, but, but my point is I'm agreeing with you in terms of it's not like one of the, I can't even think of a movie example, but one of those films where it's like, oh, we had an idea, we were going to do this, and then we decided that it's just not going to work for time, and here's some storyboards of it, but like, we called it early on, like, that's not going to work. Hey, man, you already made the commitment. You already choreographed the whole damn scene. Clearly, there's like fucking 100 extras. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's dancing like a goober, like... You made the commitment, man. You already spent the money. You might as well put the da- goddamn thing in and just be like, it is what it is. Like you said, it's a fucking choice. We made a choice. We're li- live with it. Like, right. It, when, when you're that far along in the process to then like kick in the editor's door and be like, you got to cut that dance number. Holy shit. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. We've already, this is, we're already this here. is Sony pictures. We're talking about. I mean, these guys make like minions and shit. And they, right. they dance to the same number. You think that that would be the, the one scene that they're like, we're not fucking cutting the dance number. That is the one scene we're not cutting in this whole piece of shit. Or, um, or they were like, okay, hear me out. Give Chris Hemsworth two bananas in the dance scene <laughs> and people will think it's just some minion shit. Like, it's a deep tie-in. And then the editor was like, we don't have the money left to CGI bananas in his hands. And they were like, they got the whole fucking thing. There's no saving it then. We already had to CGI his head facing forward when he's we spun around. So uh, yeah, sorry, they sure did. They sure yeah. fucking did. Mm-hmm. So or maybe um, it was like a, maybe it was like the the MCU, like the Marvel shit, where like 
you know, the whole production comes together like, yeah, and then we thought going into like the, you know, the main fight at the end, we'll do this, this, and this. And they were like, oh, the, the fucking CG department already CG'd Chris Hemsworth's head spinning like a fucking top as he does the fucking marumba up on the fucking top of this building. So <laughs> you got to figure out whatever scene leads into that because that shit's already in, in pre-rendering. So that's already melting two computers to get that to fucking finish up. So you're just going to have to live with that. And they were like, oh, fuck. All right, well. Yeah, we all know how, how good Marvel editing is. Uh, this is the first time for me in the Marvel universe. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, interesting thing about the extended uh, cut as well is um, that scene you're talking about in which you're very, being very critical of uh, the comedic choices of Kristen Wiig, which, you know, I understand. I respect that. Um, in the extended version, she just says, fuck you. She doesn't say burn oh. in hell. Um, and... It is, it is actually funnier because you can kind of see more her almost reaction to her spitting it out, which is which feels in character. It's like, okay. oh, this is a shy person where the, the amount that she was told is so high that she spat out fuck you to a stranger and then was surprised at herself. So I was like, okay, that's funny. I don't mind that. Okay, um, I can live with that. I don't mind a lot of Kristen Wiig's humor, like especially in her like first scene where she's meeting like this other scientist that she really respects and everything that she's saying, the scientist like disagrees with. It's like, Oh no, I, I wouldn't, I would never say something like that. And at the end of the scene, she's just like, yep, everything I say is wrong. That's true. Okay. Well, anyways, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm like, that's funny. I like that. Um, yeah. So, uh, I guess overall, your opinion of the comedy specifically in this film. Well, now I'm suddenly second guessing myself cause I don't remember that scene at all. So you don't well, again, it might be extended version. That's what I'm I saying is I might have been at a disadvantage here. Because Go run out to a Best Buy right now. <laughs> clearly. Knock over, um, you know, children standing and playing the Switch, you know, uh, display. Because that's the only thing to do at a Best Buy now. Mm -hmm. um, and knock over four Dyson vacuum cleaners. <laughs> pick up a bargain bin copy of 2016 Ghostbusters Answer the Call. And, uh, with the extended version, of course. Yeah, cut. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, listen, okay, well, the comedy aside, um, uh, here's my a big question I have about the movie. So, do you think that they decided to make the villain an incel after the first trailer? Mm. No, I don't. I okay. think, I think... There was, again, god damn it, this is so tricky to talk about because I don't want to just sound like an asshole. I think there was a decision early on that by inherently, like I think there was an expectation there was going to be hate no matter what. Like even if the movie was an absolute just banger, that there were going to be whiny piss babies who were going to be mad that they were girl ghostbusters. Um, because I certainly you agree that there are scenes in the movie that are post-initial trailer reaction. Like, there's literally a scene where they're, like, looking at YouTube comments, and they're like, you shouldn't look at YouTube comments. Yeah, there was definitely some moments that felt like that. Um, and especially, like you said, cutting out the dance number, things like that. The, there definitely does have some feeling of, like, okay, we're changing things after the fact. But my point is, I think you already had the built-in sort of backstory of... Well, you know, basically this villain is an incel. It's like, okay, because that feel, you know why, you know why I think it is because that feels too gutsy. It feels too gutsy that if like, I don't know, let's say the original villain was like, I don't know, 
lady gozer worshiper or something like that mm-hmm. to completely throw that away and be like no you know what fuck these haters fuck these guys who think that they own this fandom and guess what that's you you're the villain like that feels very gutsy when in the same breath like i'm not convinced that sony was like yeah you know what all these motherfuckers who were shitting all over this trailer and these man babies who think that they like own the rights to an IP because they bought tickets 30 years ago. Fuck them and the horse they rode in on. And guess what? The villain is just a reflection of them because fuck them. We're not going to get pushed around. Uh, sir, uh, the uh, numbers just came in. We were able to cut the dance number that was going to make everybody mad. Oh, thank God. Okay. Phew. Phew. Thank God for that. Like <laughs> that, like okay. the, the YouTube comments, feels like enough of a of a dig that like maybe a studio would be like mm, put a little joke in there about like oh fuck you guys but to completely throw away an original villain now i may be wrong you might this might be the part where your reveal were like actually it's gozer's daughter then i'd be like oh fuck me i guess i'm wrong <laughs> but if that's not the case and there's no proof of like oh there was an original villain that got thrown away for the incel guy then I would be like, yeah, I don't think that they were that bold to be like, yeah, fuck you, that's the villain. Yeah, this would be a, a good spot for a big reveal, but I, I don't have one. I'm, I'm just genuinely curious. Um, well, uh, I guess, what what do you think about kind of the the main structure, like the, uh, the rising action of this film? What do you think about the villain and his plot and all that? I was trying to figure out, I'm like, why did the other villains work and this doesn't for me? Like... I'm fine with... Because he's very Janusz. You like Janusz? I like Janusz, but, like, Janusz was doing weird shit, but we were still left in the lurch in terms of, like, what does this fucking painting want? What is the goo about? What is going on? And then it's revealed at the end, like, oh, Vigo actually wants to possess this baby, and he's going to be reborn, and whatever, whatever. Then it's the fucking apocalypse. Like, okay, cool. The painting wants what we all want. It wants to fuck... 1982 Sigourney Weaver. I agree. Uh, but in this one, I felt like we saw too much of the villain, like him, like setting little ghost traps to like wake up some ghosts. And then like the big reveal is like, ah, he's like an evil ghostbuster. Cause he knows all the technology somehow that we're not going to get into. And fucking, and then he kills himself. Oh, well, that seems like it wrapped itself up too nicely. Wait a minute, that was part of his plan. And now the fucking streets are flooded with ghosts and he's like King Ghost. Okay. That's fine. And I don't have a problem with like the grand reveal of like, ah, he figured all this shit out. And now like, that's fine. But just like, I don't know. Just the weird, the weirdness of just like, we would just cut. We, so we'd have the Ghostbusters. They're in some kind of, zippy dip situation like oh what the hey and then we cut to the villain and he's at a rock concert and he's like oh i hope these all these people die in a fiery pit and then like he bonks into someone and they're like hey watch it pal and he's like oh of course a thousand apologies and he's like hey hope he burns first like okay and then like oh here's my ghost trap and it's gonna make a pterodactyl show up okay and then he disappears okay and we just keep seeing these scenes of him just being like, he's at a Starbucks and they're like, oh, hey, your coffee order's up, sir. And then like they spill a little, like, oops, sorry. And he's like, I hope you're the first to burn in the eternal pits, you fucking scum. And they're like, oh, I'm really sorry, sir. And he's like, don't talk to me. And then, 
and then sets a little ghost trap and walks away. And then it goes back to the Ghostbusters like, oh, fiddle-dee-dee, we, oh, there's some goop on us or whatever. It just felt weird. It felt weird that, like, if we were getting to know this villain, but it was just the same scene five times. It was just like, nobody likes me, and I've never seen a vagina in real life, so now here come the ghosts. Like, that. it just... <laughs> That that's we just kept seeing scenes of that. I'm like, okay, but are we gonna see anything more? Is it gonna be like, ah, and here's why he knows all this ghost shit? It's like, oh no, they throw it away. Like, oh, he read your book and that informed him how to make this ghost releasing technology. Like, oh, yeah, it almost helps. seemed like there was gonna be some kind of a reveal that he was like the son of like Grandpa Ghostbuster or some shit, and you know that he was like. Danny Phantom, but all grown up or yeah. some shit. And he's like, my parents were fucking Ghostbusters and it ruined my life. Um, um, But there is no reveal like that. He just kills himself and becomes like King Ghost. It, um, <laughs> the thing that's uncomfortable <laughs> is if it almost feels like this script was about like, this is, you might have to cut this. It feels like the original script was just <laughs> about like a guy who just grows up and like shoots up the hotel. <laughs> And then they just, like, <laughs> control F gun and replaced it with ghost. Like. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, it's, you know, he's the janitor at this hotel and he's, like, looking in a mirror and he's like, they'll all bow before you when you've had your revenge. And then they're like, beep, beep, on a walkie-talkie, like, hey, dick face, we need you to clean up some fucking shit in the, on level three. And he's like. It would be my greatest pleasure, sir. And then like, boop, boop. And he's like, again, they'll all bow before you. And I'm like, so he's got an AK-47 that he's going to pull out, right? Yeah, and he's, he's got an start... AR that he bought online right. <laughs> with no background check. Right. And, uh... and he's going to start <laughs> and, blowing uh... people away. And then the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. are going to show up and be like, oh, God, what do we do from here? <laughs> this ties back into the R-rated version of Ghostbusters right, 2016. Right, right, right. We're already kind of creating our fix. He was hoping tell, for but, uh... suicide by Ghostbuster is what he was really hoping for. <laughs> Yeah, and there's really no moral about, like, uh, people that are mistreated that are maybe going to turn into school shooters at all. It's not like, hey, treat them with a little kindness. It's like, just hope they kill themselves before they kill anybody else. All right? Anyways. Well, and then there's a moment There's a moment where, and you'll have to explain it. I don't know if this is different in the extended version. But when they finally, like, can meet this villain in his lair that has underneath a fucking hotel that he's built a ghost superconductor and whatever... And they're like trying to talk him down. And Melissa McCarthy is like, no, nah, man, you can't fucking get your ghost AR-15 and start blasting people. You got shit to live for. And he's like, oh, like what? And she's like, I don't know. Uh, like, soup's pretty cool. Um, that's all I got. And then he's like, fuck you. And then he just kills himself. And I'm like. That's the same in the extended. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, was... I think the only extended villain scene you get in the in the extended version is there's a scene where uh, like a random old woman that's staying at the hotel comes out and goes, Incel, I hate the soap that you've been giving me. It's been giving me a rash. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Jenkins. Show me the rash. And she turns around and there's a big fucking like ghost zit coming out of her back that goes like, and he's like, oh, uh. I'll get you some cream for that right away. And I'm like, that's probably good that they cut that. <laughs> really that horrible. raises so many questions. 
They really did. They're like, this is way too confusing. We are expanding the rules of the ghosts in this universe way too much. Uh, uh, Excuse me, uh, team. Whose idea was it to have Dan Aykroyd write one scene in this movie? And like, he's trying to go like extended ghost universe. Like, that's not okay. We can't fit that in here. We already cut the dance number. We can't have the fucking ghost acne scene. That's just not a thing. (laughs) All right. So, um... So, you know, moving towards the end of this movie, so obviously, like Zach said, um, uh, after the villain kills himself... Well, um, well, well the, the, up, portal... the, up, the upward momentum mm-hmm. is just, like, parallel stories. The Ghostbusters are getting their shit figured out, and they're getting kind of a groundswell of uh, of support. They, their, um, uh, their version of Janine is Chris Hemsworth being super dumb, which I thought that the joke that he... The one joke of his that I thought was funny was um there's like a loud they, they make the they point out that he's wearing glasses but he doesn't have lenses in them because he wants to look smart but he's a dumb dumb and like comedically dumb like ridiculously dumb like how could he be alive dumb like how does he know how to eat yeah dumb and uh so he's got glasses frames but no lenses and at one point there's like a loud noise and he's like ah and he covers his eyes instead of his ears and they're just sort of like oh my god well whatever like that's a funny that's funny to me of like ah he's dumb and he put his fingers through his glasses to cover his eyes because it was too loud um that i was like i also enjoyed i mean the the graphic design i think also funny the, the interview scene is funny yeah they're just like the the second logo that he shows for the Ghostbusters that he's designed is just two clip art pictures, one of a hot dog and one of a house. And they're like, hmm. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, I don't really little... know about this. And he's like, well, I thought the hot dog clearly being held by a ghost. That's why it's floating. And I'm like, oh, you had a reason. That's great. Um, yeah. So anyway, the the forward momentum is the Ghostbusters are figuring their shit out. Um, uh, King Boo incel is figuring his shit out and leaving little ghost traps to wake up ghosts. And then we have this meeting of the minds where they figure it out. They're like, oh, no he's here holy shit and then they meet up and there's a showdown they try to talk him off the ledge and uh king boot incels like just kidding and he just kills himself and then they're like oh okay well i guess job well fun uh and so they all go home and then they're like wait a minute what if he didn't do that as just a weird depressing ending of the film if that had been the ending like well goodbye and he just kills himself fucking that's just like mr crocker from fairly odd parents is just like goodbye and just fucking kills himself and they're like too bad i guess and then they start playing end credits and then they're like no wait there's more and it comes back then i'd be impressed i'm like oh shit okay so um after he kills himself they discover that that was part of his plan like zach said um that he's going to in spirit form possess uh first melissa mccarthy then chris hemsworth and he's going to go fix his machine um activate the portal um and then all hell breaks loose in new york and there's ghosts everywhere and then they go to meet up with him at the uh the hotel and confront him as ghost chris hemsworth possessed um he uh, leaves Chris Hemsworth's body and becomes like a cartoon version, like a 2D cartoon version of the Ghostbusters logo for a second, which I thought was kind of cute. And they're like, yeah, because we want you to be, it's like a callback to the, you know, name your destroyer scene from the first film. They're like, what What do you want me to be? And it's like a cute little small ghost. So he becomes 2D cartoon Ghostbusters logo and then like hops out and has a little red bow tie and then turns into like a towering, like, you know, skyscraper sized version of that. Um, and starts walking around, and then they fucking uh, blast him in the dick with proton packs. 
to defeat him, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Which, here, uh, let me ask, I know we're jumping the gun a little bit because we're supposed to fix these films and stuff like that, but if you had to rewrite that scene of the Ghostbusters final showdown with the fucking big giant scary ghost, and the end goal has to be they shoot him in the dick, they shoot him right in the ghost cock, what would you change to make that slightly less the cringiest fucking thing on earth? Um, I would say maybe he's wearing overalls and they shoot that and the overalls fall down and he has like a giant three modeled cock and balls on the ghost and they say, ghost man's got nards. And then they shoot his dick and his balls. And again, this is our R rated version of the film. Oh, okay. And there's just like a, a, you know, zoom in shot of just the dick and balls just exploding and just, and you know how like, you know, in the first films, like everybody's covered in marshmallow fluff, same idea, uh, but with, you know, uh, yeah, you get what I'm going to, yeah, yeah, more marshmallow so. fluff. Um, That's right. Mm-hmm. I would, hey, let me ask you no, a question about, I didn't about, give my answer. Okay. All right. All right. I would, fine. I would have, um, uh, Holtz. Holtz and uh, Abby and Aaron all shooting the ghost like in the gut or something or maybe in the chest or something like that and it's not effective uh, and then Patty's like oh fuck this shit and just like shoots him in the cock and then it starts to affect him so then the others follow suit like I think mm-hmm. it's funny if like oh science would say we should shoot him in the chest but then it's like oh but the streets say fuck that shit and when a motherfucker is giving you a hard time you blast him in the <laughs> cock and then that's how you get shit done yeah I'd be like okay yeah I get that hey let me ask you a question about the Ghostbusters universe uh-huh. um why is it that in every Ghostbusters media that has ever existed uh you know film TV show video game etc that they always say you better not cross the streams. That's going to the, the something really bad's going to happen. And then in every sing in like basically the same scene, they cross the streams. And the only consequence is they just vibrate a little bit more. They shake a little bit more while shooting the proton beam. But other than that, nothing bad happens. It just increases the power of the beam. I think that genuinely they just should start saying like, hey, at every available opportunity, cross the streams because there's virtually no consequence that it just makes them stronger. Even when you think to yourself, hey, probably not a good time to cross the stream. Go ahead and cross that stream. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. That's always the solution. And I, did they even say in this in this one not to cross the streams? They absolutely do. They say the, virtually the same line. She's like, oh, yeah, it'd be the most violent death you can imagine. Oh, every right. cell in yeah, your yeah. body would explode. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they cross the streams. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And nothing happens. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that, especially in, like, Ghostbusters 2, that should have been their immediate response to everything. Like, even, like, <laughs> fucking Slimer is, like, booping and beeping around. And they're like, quick, cross the streams. And they just obliterate him in two seconds. Because we've clearly established, <laughs> clearly established that there's no consequences to this. So immediately. There's no consequences. It's like if you had, like, a little, like, you know, squirt gun or you had an actual bazooka. And you're like, well... <laughs> If the bazooka never fails, why am I using anything else? Yeah, that's true. There's no consequence to using the bazooka. There's no, you know, shrapnel at all. Yeah. It's just like, okay. just do it at every, oh, there's a ghost bug on the ground. Cross the streams, yeah. get it! Yeah, go ahead and cross those streams real quick. Hey, yeah, this guy cut um, us off in traffic. You know what? Go ahead and cross those streams real quick. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, hey, my tax um, returns are due. You know what? Go ahead and cross those streams real go quick. Go ahead and cross those streams. Let's go ahead and <laughs> Let's go to my accountant. Why don't you go ahead and cross the streams real quick? Um, hey, I'm uh, standing at a urinal pissing next to another man, and there's no divider next to us. Uh, go ahead and uh, you know cross what? the streams. Go ahead and cross the streams real quick. 
Why was there not a Ghostbusters themed uh, Jeff Foxworthy sketch about that? I, I know, right? Yeah. If you uh, see really dem- a fucking <laughs> Carpathian come out of a painting, you may want to cross them streams. Um. <laughs> I love that we really fell into a nice blue collar setup there where it's like, we got a punchline, put it on a t-shirt, ladies and gentlemen. Frightful failures, go ahead and cross those streams. Go ahead and cross them streams. Um, With a picture of uh, Calvin, uh, of Calvin and Hobbes just pissing on Joe Biden or whatever. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to let you in a little secret. I don't even know what my version was going to be. It ain't going to top that. So we're going to leave that. All right. Uh, so let me say something about this movie that we okay, did an absolute okay, okay, fucking okay. abysmal job. I cannot wait for you to edit this episode and be like, what did we even fucking talk about? Um, uh, so I thought it was interesting that there's a shitload of techno babble in this movie. There's so many scenes mm-hmm. of the girls just getting into like a horse stance and just like saying a lot of fucking nonsense where they're like, well, the fucking Ishkabibble stream, you got to fucking turn this and then Holtz fucking flipped it on its head and now we can cross the streams whenever we want. And you're just like, oh, you could have just said, hey, it works better now. Um, the movie really loves the idea of Chris Hemsworth as the bad guy. Like it really seemed, it, feel, it felt to me that it really fucking splashes around in that kiddie pool of like, oh, the fucking hunky guy's the bad guy. Isn't that crazy? And yet, you know, uh, all of the, I feel like you could have leaned into that a little more almost. I agree. Because he's so stupid, like you said, stupid to the point of where he should be dead, um, that when someone who is supposedly smart, I mean, obviously he's got some kind of, I'm not going to say, oh, the incel's fucking genius, bro. Um, but he obviously designs equipment, whatever. He's got some level of intelligence that when he possesses him, you would think that, like, it would just totally turn around like how he speaks how he delivers lines or whatever and it kind of he still sounds kind of the same and the only references they make are like oh i'm stronger now should have worked out when i was alive um and that's about it there isn't a and he even says at the end i feel like i'm getting dumber by being in this guy whereas i feel like if you wanted to make an actual like scary competent villain you put you know this tiny smart you know uh, well, scientist incel into giant hunky guy, and now you've got the brains and the bronze in one. And it's well, and we Professor we Hulk we, we visit that for like a tenth of a second because when he goes back to the crime mm. scene of the lab, uh, the the there's like guards there, and they're like, "What's up, Clark Kent?" And he's like, "Ah, because I'm buff and I'm wearing glasses. Very funny." And then he like beats the shit out of them. But I think you're right. If we had gone into more of like, "Oh God, what if you were brilliant and evil?" but you were so aesthetically pleasing to the eye that like, no one's going to tell you no. And it's like, Mm -hmm. what kind of havoc could you reign doing with that kind of combination? And they don't, they're just like, it's Chris Hemsworth and he's being a bad guy for a minute. It's pretty funny. Um, The other thing here is it felt like there wasn't a ton of funny scenarios for the gals to really be funny in. Like my thought during this whole thing was there's way too much plot going on for this kind of like, riff humor like i thought about like the 40 year old virgin and how like that kind of was the big catalyst for the riffing sort of like we're improving lines uh as the as the punchline sort of comedy and that movie has like a super bare bones script and bare bones plot to give you room to do that versus this where it's right. like we got shit we got to do like they got to invent the proton packs they got to deal with ghosts they got to fucking figure out this mystery all this shit they got to do and it's like 
okay, but when do they get to just like riff and have funny lines? Um, and it felt like it just, like I said, it felt a lot of cases where they just sort of jammed it in cause they had to. And then it just sort of felt like, Oh, okay, great. Um, the ghost designs at the start were actually pretty interesting. I thought the ghosts, both ghosts in the, um, and the old haunted establishment, I thought were actually pretty interesting designs. I'm sure you caught on pretty quickly, uh, that this film was made, uh, definitely at a time where they were still pushing 3d pretty hard. Oh, absolutely. Holy shit. Um, oh, the only, the only other thing I had a problem with was at the end fight, at the big end fight, where like the, the streets are flooded with ghosts and mm. the, the, the Ghostbusters have to use all their weapons at their disposal and all the cool extra toys that Holtz made to kick everybody's ass and, and save the day. And they do a really cool trick for two seconds um, where they go, ah, enjoy New York back in the the 1950s. And then, like, they wipe, you know, Times Square down and it's like all the modern billboards become, like, old school, like, 1950s films and, like, you know, the, the origins of Broadway and shit like that. And it's really cool and it never gets touched on again. No. It's, just, it's like a one-second scene and it's over. Uh, again, it was already edited before they even got to set. Um <laughs> No, but the, the thing that kind of, like, threw me for a loop is, do you remember, and I want you to be honest about this, do you remember okay. the Ghostbusters being badasses in the original movie or even the sequel? No, and that's, like, why the demographic that enjoys it enjoys it, because you don't have to be, like, you don't have to be built like fucking Nightwing. You're just right. like a schlubby middle-aged guy and you put on a jumpsuit like an exterminator and this big, you know, pack and you just can kind of stand there. and Yeah, you, well, you know, I mean, win. the fact that they say this, like, one suck in your guts, fellas, or the Ghostbusters, like, <laughs> like, they are. They're kind of like these schlubby everymen and that's sort of the, I think, the appeal of it is mm-hmm. they're in a situation that's larger than themselves and, and they're just regular people. Even though they're scientists, yes, but they're still, even as scientists, they don't play it like they're scientists except for Egon. Everybody else is just sort of like this, like, oh, another day, another dollar, baby. Like that kind of, you know, always sunny kind of cast. And (laughs) especially the ending of this one, it felt like they really wanted to just sit and like, oh, fuck, yeah. Like, I'll see you fucking ghost bitch. Like, there's so many scenes of just, like, them being cool while they're kicking the shit out of ghosts. And it's like, were the original Ghostbusters cool? Like, cool, yes, like, pop culturally, but cool in the universe? Like, not really. Like, they're just kind of schlubby underdogs. So that was one thing that kind of threw me for a loop, is just, like, the real... Not, like, male gazy necessarily, but just, like... I don't know, just the weird decision to be like, okay, yeah, you're in over your heads, or are you? Fuck these ghosts, we ain't scared of shit. Like, you know, when fucking Dana turns into a goddamn dog, and fucking Vinkman's like, okay, well, my girlfriend's a dog, I don't fucking know what to do. Or Egon, like, all right, Egon, what do we do? And he's like, I'm too terrified, I'm terrified beyond, you know, rational thought. Like, that never happens in this in this movie, even at the end when they've seemingly defeated the big bad ghost. And then like he gets sucked into a butthole and then grabs 
Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig has to like magically save her. And then right on the way out, their hair turns white because, oh, they've been so scared by the ghost dimension that their hair turned white that like, oh. Every time I, I watch this film, I forget about that last segment that you're referencing. And it is so extremely unnecessary because, you know, I will say... You know, I, I wish I could kind of be in some of the meetings of these producers, you know, at Sony to kind of hear what their goal was. They're like, who's our key demographic here? Like, are we just trying to sell toys? Are we trying to appeal to, you know, the people who love the original film? Like, what are we doing here? Are we just trying to make, you know, a new version of, like, lady superheroes, essentially, that, you know, the kids can be like, that was cool. That was awesome. I want a sequel to that. Um, and in that sense, I, I don't mind the, like, weird badass like ghost fight scene because i think that you know everyone was expecting the comedy to fail so spectacularly with this film that i feel like to actually do some action scenes well in the new ghostbusters was like a pleasant surprise um but i will agree with you that having melissa mccarthy get pulled into the ghost dimension for no fucking reason is such a weird move and so unnecessary. And if you were to cut anything, I don't understand why they didn't cut that. It, it doesn't make any sense at all. Like, because every movie uh, that's designed for the, every movie that came out after 2008 has to have a scene near the end where the hero seems like they're dead or whatever. So that you can get a little bit of like pathos and, and see that the other character cares about them and is willing to rescue them. Like why? I mean, it's, this isn't, fucking game of thrones like we know they're going to be fine <laughs> why bring us through that whole rigmarole it doesn't make sense yeah. um i feel like the payoff is not worth the you know the juice is not worth the squeeze as you said no so. no because it's just sort of like okay well anyways we we almost died for a minute but we're okay now like oh okay great anyway let's move on like all right that's fine um well, speaking of moving on, oh, hey. uh, <laughs> any final thoughts about this? Uh, we have talked about this movie for a while. <laughs> Hopefully you cut a lot of um, that out. Uh, well, not we'll see. funny. Uh, <laughs> That's my final thought. Not funny at all. <laughs> Are you reading reviews? Oh, we should do that. That'd be very funny. Let's uh, pull up some IMDb oh okay. reviews of uh, let's Ghostbusters. About, let's talk about this movie more <laughs> that we've already talked for like four hours. <laughs> Oh, hey, uh, trailer for Hocus Pocus 2 on the uh, homepage of IMDb. What do you think about that, pal? I haven't watched it yet. I feel like it's going to make me shit blood. You haven't watched the original Hocus Pocus? I've never seen the original Hocus Pocus. No, I've definitely seen the original <laughs> Hocus Pocus. Um, it's just one of those things where like, I imagine seeing the trailer is going to make me want to shit blood. Uh, where are the All right, here we go. Reviews? So IMDb ratings. Here we go. 2,531 reviews. Okay, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, user. All right, let's just start. Let's start lightning around this. Um, Hollywood needs to quit remaking classics and start something fresh. Oh, Jesus. There's one that the, the title is should have, should never have been made, but it's like a full fucking paragraph of shit. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me start and we'll decide if we want to cut this or not. Um, I hate that I've said that so many times in this episode because you're gonna leave all these in and I'm gonna sound like a fucking oh, asshole. absolutely. Yeah. Um, should have never been made. Three out of ten stars. I admit from the start that I'm a massive fan of the original Ghostbusters, although the sequel isn't so hot. Fuck you. 
the second one's just <laughs> fine. Uh, people just watch it too much on Comedy Central. Uh, both films look like absolute classics compared to this ill-advised reboot of the series, recasting with an all-female ghost-busting team. Although the film looks similar to the original movies, it feels absolutely nothing like them. Gone is the character interplay and genuinely funny and droll performances that could be enjoyed by kids and adults alike. It's replaced by that kind of modern-day sarcasm and idiocy that I always end up hating. The new cast members are all unlikable, and the likes of Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy seem to be competing as to who can be the most irritating of the lot. Yes, the newfangled CGI effects are very colorful and pretty, but they don't have any of the character and finesse of the old effects, which you knew you were hard to do, which you knew were hard to do, thus all the more impressive. The plot is as predictable as they come, and the only person who raised the occasional smile was Chris Hemsworth. I'm afraid the new mm-hmm. Ghostbusters should have never been made. Well, he's a man. Men are funny. You know that. Well, um, we know that's now, uh, absolutely true. We're, we're picking some bits and pieces here because there's just too many long, bad reviews to read you a bunch of these. Um, you'll never get rich, to quote a good Columbia, in parentheses, Sony film from the classic era, trashing the fans before the film even comes out. The villain was just awful. He seemed like he was yanked straight out of a cartoon or a comic book. That's not a bad thing, actually. Um, the scene at the rock concert, which is shown in trailers, is just goofy. I feel like I was watching live-action Scooby-Doo. Everybody loves live-action Scooby-Doo, actually. Um, throwing a story into the middle of a concert never really bodes well, unless you want to conjure up images of rubber-suited turtles doing the ninja rap. Uh, again, people also really love the uh, live-action Ninja Turtles films. So, I mean, he's just kind of... Even Adam Sandler would be ashamed of this movie. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> you, Adam Sandler. Answer. I like that. <laughs> Fuck you, too. <laughs> he's like, how'd you bring me into this? Uh, my, my, my review of <laughs> Ghostbusters 2016, one out of ten stars. Fuck you, Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh, I love this. So, the rate, the overall IMDb rating, I guess in, like, recent years has gone up to, like, a 6.7 because, I don't know, I guess, like, rationality, uh, you know, reigned through and people are like, it's fine. Yeah, there's the literally... And now people are mad that its rating is that high. They're like, fake rating! Yeah, I see, like, three already (laughs) Fake fucking news on IMDb! How is this a 6.5? No, I had one I wanted to... How does this have a 6.7? It's one of the worst movies I have ever saw. Why did they make everyone a chick? The CGI is terrible for 2016. This is the same year Train to Busan came out, which had very good visual effects. And I'll note, very uh, few women, too, which I like. Um, And this movie has little to no positive traits. How does it have a 6.7? So, this is interesting. I'm looking at one, a review on IMDb for Ghostbusters 2016. Mm -hmm. Published... January 5th, 2022. So this person wrote this. This is the one titled, It's Garbage Even for Girls? No, it's the one, it's the one titled, Sexism is a Red Herring. Oh my God. I'm going to read this. Cut me off at any point here. Uh, okay. Uh, ever seen Roberto Benini in The Son of Pink Panther? How about those Pink Panther movies with Steve Martin? Or the newer version of The Fog or The Thing? How'd you like that new Poltergeist movie? Or that putrid Dark Shadows movie from Tim Burton? Or that newer Vacation movie? Remember Blues Brothers 2000, the one without Jake? Ever felt pressured to like any of those movies? And if you criticized them, you were grievously wounding some kind of modern-day sacred cow? Well, here we have the debacle that is Ghostbusters 2016. 
Hollywood once again is so desperate to make a buck that it falls back on name recognition to ensure a hit. But now, there's an added wrinkle of being able to brand anyone not liking their attempt to cash in of the hideous and assumed thought crime sexism. Let's be honest, this would still be the worst Ghostbusters if they had a bunch of cisgendered males in their 20s and 30s trying to fill the shoes of the original cast. It'd go over like the movies I mentioned for the same reasons. Ghostbusters should have been like Caddyshack. Better leave it at one. <laughs> Somebody wrote, An unfunny attempt to squeeze more dough out of simpletons. I don't know if they succeeded making money from their stupid gender switch, but in its honor, here is a poll. What is the worst film of recent times? So I decided we should be reading all these like comic book guys. Yeah, clearly, things. clearly. Um, uh, what is the worst film of recent times? One, Ghostbusters 2016. Two, Spy. Three, The Farce Awakens. Oh. Four, The Last Jedi. And then they wrote in parentheses, please keep your promise. I don't understand what that means. Um, or five, Thor stand-up comedy Iraq. Um, they're saying that Ragnarok was too funny. Again, a generally pretty well-received film, but... <sighs> as soon okay. You lost right. me at The Farce Awakens, my guy. Yeah, that was... um. That was the Blue Collar Comedy Gang did a parody of The Force Awakens ah, called The Force Awakens. Yeah. Scraping the bottom of the franchise barrel. At least this proves... that Three out of ten stars. At least this proves that Chris Hemsworth is a hack, and anyone who watches any more so-called Ghostbusters need to take a good hard look in the mirror. Why is it prohibited for women to be pretty, alluring, and kind? <laughs> Does it really? I swear to God, that's how it ends. <laughs> I swear to God. I really, th I really think Brie Larson should have smiled more in this movie. Um, one of the worst films I've seen in my life, comma CGI. Period. Um, so that's a sentence. Um, this movie. The movie, excuse me, the movie is worse than the old movie, period. Well, he's not wrong. I mean, the characters are very bad, period. The movie is a comedy failure, period. Hollywood should stop making remake of its old films. I would not recommend it to my enemies to watch it. This is... Guys, don't leave this guy alone. Leave A U U W W S alone on IMDb. He is thirteen years old. Leave him alone. Leave please. him alone, please. All right, are we? Who are you gonna call, Patriarch Busters? All right, are we done with this? for another two hours yeah here's the problem? problem is fuck everything we write for like the segments this is the segment now is we just read <laughs> fucking unbelievable shit reviews for movies and then we just laugh this one is titled disappointing no, we're done all right we're done we're done all right we're done, we're done. We all right, we're done. the <laughs> best line how do we top that yeah all right we're done we're done all right let's take a break <laughs> Ghost Bros. 
It's the most alpha paranormal show around. Yeah, that's right. And you know, if I may, I just want to applaud this new Ghostbusters movie for having the balls. Literally, right? <laughs> yeah, literally. For not succumbing to the left agenda. You know, movies these days, they're making Buzz Lightyear a feminist. They're making Superman gay. They're making, you know, James Bond is now like a black chick. Don't get me wrong, I love black chicks. Oh, I've boned a few, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what up, my man? Hey! Uh, but like, okay, so that... But that's, that's not what audiences want. You know, we want men back where they should be. Busting ghosts, fighting with lightsabers, getting the babes, shooting lasers out of their hands. Bro, you're absolutely correct. SJW culture is ruining everything. Can't I just play a game or watch a movie without remembering that trans people exist? Right, right. So, like, Hollywood, they go and they remake Ghostbusters a few years back. And I'd understand if they put, like, one chick in it with, like, like a hot one and her jumpsuit's a little zipped down a little further than, like, the other ones. But, like, yeah. no, all of them, all of the Ghostbusters are chicks. And none of them have their suits zipped down either, if you can even believe it. And they're, like, not even that hot. Like, Christian Wig can maybe get it on a good day. Like in Wonder Woman. Uh, bro, do not bring up Wonder Woman. You know how I feel about that. I know. I'm just saying. Melissa McCarthy, gross. Kate McKinnon, fucking lib. Hillary Clinton looking lesbian ass. Leslie Jones, I got one word for her. Oh, bro, 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 come on, dude. We cannot get kicked off this app again. This is, like, my only income right now. Like, this and Uber Eats, because... You well, yeah, 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 because the video of you talking to the kid at the Cold Stone Cream Weaver went viral, I remember. Yeah, allegedly, bro, you know, come as like, that could have not been me, you know? Well, anyway, the one word I was just going to use was over-actor. Like, who does she think she is, Jim Carrey? Not every line has to be delivered at that volume, Leslie. Okay, that's uh, not the word I thought you were going to say, but like, uh, ba back to my main point. So, Ghostbusters are all chicks now, and the receptionist, you know, the kind of hot receptionist from the first movie. Dude, she was kind of hot, right? Like, I'm glad it wasn't just me. Yeah, yeah, well, well she's a dude now. She's Chris Pine. No, it's, uh, it's Chris Evans. Oh, no, no, sorry, Chris Pratt. No, actually, you know what? No, it's Chris Christopherson, like from Blade. No, okay, no, seriously, but it's it's Chris Hemsworth, there and they go. make him they make him all hot and stuff, and like he's he's taking his shirt off and he's doing a sexy dance, he's shaking his little butt around, and like th th what this is what movies are now. They want to make me gay. They want my my kids. I don't have to be gay. They want to make me have a dream about Chris Hemsworth coming in my room in the middle of the night and doing a dance for just for me and only me. So you want Dream Hemsworth to crawl into bed with me and kiss my forehead and tell me I'm safe now? Hollywood wants me to be the little spoon to Chris Hemsworth and let his big old arms hold me tight against him as I wish for this moment to never end? Right, right. So, like, the main point as we reach every episode is this. Hollywood is replacing us cis white men every chance they get. It's almost like, it's like, we're, we're the, the minority, minority now. now. <gasps> oh. <sighs> 
That's all for Ghost Bros. Tune in next time when we discuss The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, God, I love this show. Oh, my God. And we're back. Um, So we just discussed very briefly... Uh, 2016's mm-hmm. Ghostbusters Answer the Call, technically mm-hmm. Ghostbusters 3. Brevity is the soul of wit, as they say. That is true. And mm-hmm. so now we go to Ghostbusters 4 Afterlife, uh, released in 2021. Uh, Tien, can you give a brief uh, rundown of the events of this film so we can take a big shit on it? I would love to. So, um, Ghostbusters Afterlife is set in modern times. Um, it focuses around the family of Egon Spengler. Um, it is uh, his daughter who's separated from her husband and living with her two children. Um, so both the, the grandchildren of Egon. And um, they, I think, have received a letter or something that, uh, you know, Egon has passed and that uh, he's left them his ranch out in the middle of nowhere in, uh, what is it, like Iowa? Like bumfuck, yeah. you know, some country Literally state. Literally bumfuck nowhere. Yeah, bumfuck nowhere. Um, so they all move out there um, to investigate the property, um, uh, sort of revealing throughout the length of the film that they were very much separated from Egon. They didn't know him, you know, like his his daughter, his own daughter did not really know him at all. It was very estranged from him. And um, while they're out there, Egon's granddaughter, um, who is pretty much just mini girl Egon, um, uh, very astute and, you know, very technical and, you know, a, kind of a scientist in her own right, um, discovers that there is ghost activity happening in the town um, and that the mines uh, that contain a shrine to Gozer are being used to summon her once more to this realm and she has to team up with her other uh, young friends, her brother, and a couple other uh, young people that they've met in the town to become the new era of Ghostbusters and to defeat the evil and bring it back to hell. And that's yeah. the film. Yeah, basically. I, I have a question. Have you, did you watch this film prior to this episode? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. Um, because oh, so you do see modern movies sometimes. Well, hold your fucking tongue. Uh, <laughs> this is a title that we offer at Brain Buster Video. So I've uh, watched it okay. several, several times in the production of our art pieces. So you're um, a shill. Yeah. Well, I have a question. Speaking of shills, mm-hmm. why aren't either of these films funny? They're supposed to be sequels to comedies. This, especially Afterlife, not terribly funny. This film in particular... I'm not sure I can think of one joke that genuinely makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't think there's a moment that, in this I'm gonna film say, that I I'm going to say that exact same thing before I end my own life. <laughs> like, I can't think of one thing that made me laugh, and then I just jump off a bridge. <laughs> well, good to know. That'll be uh, Zach's... Uh, I'll my engrave it on your tombstone, don't worry. Yep. Couldn't um, think of one joke that made me laugh. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. I think the the only funny joke in this film is that Paul Rudd is putting on uh, 1980s horror films for his yes. class while he yes. goes in the back to fucking research the the earthquakes 
um, because he's Happening a seismologist. Yes. Seismologist? <laughs> Boy, he can maul my throat with his Oh, size. I thought it was going to be he's a seismologist, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Ooh. Hey. Old baby Dick Gruber, for, for whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. That's Gruberson, true. yeah. That is, a, well, he is Ant Man after all. So he's an ant sized dick um, in oh, real hey. life. That's why he got the role. <laughs> Oh, neat. <laughs> yeah. He is offer only, but they had him come in and take out his ant-sized dick in order to get the role oh, of Ant-Man. Nice, so. nice, nice, nice. Little known fact, uh, that's on the IMDb. I have to, I was just going to say, next to make the sure. review that says, uh, Patriarchy Cuspers. <laughs> Boy, couldn't get that word out for the life of me. <laughs> that's why they don't ask us for, like, sound bites for reviews. Patriarchy <laughs> Yeah, no one's ever asked that we did one ad read and never again. Yep. They're like, please no. No. We were like, what's the trick? This is gosh, you flavor. <laughs> Anyways. So, Continue. So, yeah, no, this movie decides to trade out uh, comedy for um, nostalgia overload, I will say. But also... <laughs> yeah. But also just instead of trying to recreate the magic of the original films, to just really kind of put those on a pedestal and mm-hmm. just hold them with real reverence is, is basically the the aesthetic choice. Like instead of at the end of 2016 when it's like, oh, the Ghostbusters logo becomes a monster. In this it's like, oh, the Ghostbusters logo <laughs> is literally the lifeblood of anything worth living. In this planet today, if you didn't like the first Ghostbuster movie, go fuck yourself. Literally, I literally. Mean, um, the fact, okay, what scene in the in 2016? It's oh, the logo became a monster. In this one, there's a scene where water splashes on the old rundown Ecto One, and the camera like cuts in hard to the side that has the logo, mm-hmm. and it's being like washed clean. And mm-hmm. I'm like. Did fucking Ivan Reitman's son just ejaculate right off camera during this scene? Like, good lord. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jesus Christ Almighty came down and had a, a Ghostbusters logo tattooed on his chest. And we were and like, we're like, making is, the right movie. This is folks. the real religion now. You were all wrong. Oh god. There's Jason Reitman at my door. You just pissed <laughs> off Jesus. He's got the Ghostbusters 2 logo on his chest, and you misspoke, you piece of shit. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry, Jesus. I know that you prefer 2 to the original. You're one of the few in that camp. The, um, mo- the moose slime. Um, <laughs> so, it was uh, funny when Ray admitted, and Egon admitted to fucking this mood slime. Uh, <laughs> that joke doesn't come up in this. No one yeah, brings sure that doesn't. up when she's like, oh, my dad, Egon, was a real piece of shit because he left my family high and dry to go make a new family with the mood slime from Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> they lived alone on this farm because they were shunned by society as a man and his Tupperware of slime. <laughs> I thought, did you ever see, as a weird side thing, did you ever see the toy two-pack of Ghost Egon and the little girl? Um, oh, for this movie? Yes, they made a two-pack. Yeah, I, yes, I fucking and I it saw comes, it in Target, and I fucking puked all over my own tits. And it comes uh, with a little uh, container 
which I found out later is supposed to be like the the spores and spores fungus. and molds. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But I swear to God, I thought it was a jar of the pink mood slime, and I was like, "Is that her real grandma? Oh my god!" And it wasn't. Jesus Christ. I seriously, Luna had to like yell at me. She was like, "What the fuck is the matter with you that you would think that they <laughs> would bring public. that they would include fuckable mood slime in with this two pack of toys?" I was like, "I don't know. It's part of this the family. Is like, this is like your vision, your version of PizzaGate. Like this is your <laughs> it's my yeah. great theory. <laughs> You're the the QAnon of <laughs> Egon. I got the mood slime pregnant, and that's." Uh, her real grandma. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why he had to fucking make oh. sure Gozer didn't come back because he's like, this mood slime is gonna fuck me if this comes back. So we gotta get out of here. <laughs> Gozer knows the true reality, and that's why they broke oh. up when she calls uh Ray, and he's like, he knows that bastard knows what he's done, and I hope Egon Spangler burns in hell for <laughs> taking the mood slime for himself. <laughs> It broke the team apart. The moon slime was Yoko Ono. Yeah. Okay, so... What is this movie about? <laughs> I gotta... Oh, I need to drink a water or something. Okay, so... um, Alright, so, yes. This is really... And we're gonna kind of cycle around, I feel like, and, and, and kind of come to the same conclusion after we're done discussing this film. That this movie treats the original film like it is the holy bible um the the new testament and uh it wants to shove as many references as possible to things that you don't even give a shit about like it's like remember that scene where he gives egon a crunch bar and like tucks in his pocket here's the crunch bar wrapper i'm like no one remembers that except for zach romero well and also the absurdity of it of like the absurdity of like like, we don't talk about a lot of, like, the 30-year goddamn difference between, you know, the, the last movies and, and this one. That doesn't come up a lot in the movie. But, like, that's one of those scenes where, like, hey, guy, a fucking crunch rapper sitting in your pocket for 30 goddamn years is going to be nasty as shit when it's time to pull that bad boy out and get nostalgic about it. Like, yeah. And also that she pulls it out and is like, Oh, how quaint. As opposed to, fucking ew, gross. Like, because she doesn't know the context of this shit. No, absolutely not. Um, okay, so so let me ask you first, because yeah. before we start to take a big shit. So, like, you, we are the, the primary demographic of this film, you yes. realize, right? 100%. I mean, this, this film is not made for, for children, no. really. No. Um, yeah, because if you've so, never seen or have any emotional attachment to the first movie, I have zero clue what you get out of this film. Nothing. Um, so, like, the question to you is, did any of it work on you? Yeah, absolutely. There was definitely some moments of nostalgia. I thought um, the main girl was good um, as, like, little baby Egon. I thought that was great. There was some interaction with her and, and um, kind of the spirit of Egon kind of floating around the house that I thought was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, really wish it would have kept to that. Yeah. Really wish it would have stayed the Pixar lamp and not become a CGI fucking abomination. Actually, the interesting thing I want to talk about that nobody gives a shit about on this whole planet mm-hmm. is this movie is way long. Way fucking long. I am one of those assholes who thinks like a good comedy should be like 90 minutes. This is over two hours long. Um, and I would know because I have to put it on tape. And yeah. 
way too long, but it feels like there's an extended cut somewhere. And I keep bringing this up and nobody fucking cares. Everyone's like, shut up. And I'm like, no, but the (laughs) diner scene, they're talking about the thing and the kids are leaning over and it's very clearly indicating that there's like more happening here. Like either the town is going to believe them or they're going to shun them or whatever. And we just cut away. Or when fucking Gozer comes back and like we get a weird quick cut montage of Gozer like in different locations around the pyramid, but none of them connect. And then we just move on. And like Gozer is bored when the kids show up. There's like very clear indicators that there were like other scenes and other things happening that got cut for time. But I'm like, well, what the fuck happened? Because this movie's crazy long and you still cut shit out. That's very obvious. Right. Right. And yet, despite being as long as it is, it really doesn't feel like there is a ton accomplished. No. Um, You know, it really feels like it takes its fucking sweet ass time to just get to the few points that it does of like, Hey, Egon's my grandpa. Um, okay, I'm finding all this Ghostbusters equipment. Who are the Ghostbusters? Here they are. Whoops, we, we let out a ghost. Oh, it's a terror dog. And now uh, Gozer's coming back. Who's Gozer? Oh, there's a shrine here. Turns out Egon knew about everything and he was just the fucking man. And uh, anyways, now we got to feed Gozer. And it takes... I mean, you could do that in definitely in an hour and a half. Absolutely. Yeah, I think like, so. So, well, it, it, part of the problem is every time we start moving in a direction, the movie has to hit the brakes real quick and go, oh, because it's some kind of, remember <laughs> this? Like, yeah. like, oh, fucking Janine's here for a scene and she's like, hey, in case you couldn't figure it out, there's no fucking money. Anyway, Ghostbusters, what do you want? No, that doesn't make sense. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I got to go. Um, Your grandpa slammed the hell out of me. <laughs> Also kind of part of it too. I was like, "Are we going to talk about that? That in the first movie, you two definitely fucked. Like, are we going to talk about that at all? Or no? Yeah, I figured that that she was just her mom, but apparently that's not the case. No, it's the The mood mood slam slam is her mom. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) Fuck. Um, no, Um, yeah, you're right. And if you write this, if you write the synopsis down on paper, not terribly much happens, but it certainly takes its sweet ass time. Um, I will say that. Muncher's design is good, in my opinion. I like Muncher as our stand-in for Slimer. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, um, did you know, and this is part of the the behind the scenes of the film that I watched, um, that uh, before CGI, they actually just had Josh Gad in like a blue morph suit. And he was running around. He was getting chased by the Ecto-1. And I got to say, what another example of a scene that's just ruined by CGI. It's like like Smaug in The Hobbit. You know, you should have just left it. You know, Benedict Cumberbatch is rolling around on the ground like a lizard. I don't like anything that you just told me at all. I don't like the joke. I don't like that you brought Josh Gad in. I don't like any of that. That made me very angry. And I just need you to know that. Josh Gad, what do you need from me? (laughs) Muncher is Olaf. What do you want? And also Finkel is Einhorn. All right, well, now I'm in. You turned me around. You turned me around. You know how to speak my language. Just when I was out. (laughs) We'll be right back in. Finkel is indeed Einhorn. Um, Hmm. Yeah, no, like I said, I I like the main girl. Her older brother is kind of useless. The... Older, yeah, he's mega fucking useless. The older um, brother's but... girlfriend is equally useless. We just needed mm-hmm. like another kind of sort of Dana. Paul Rudd's fine. The mom's okay. Gozer's cool. Bringing um, not Vince Clortho, but bringing Ego Shandor, Evo Shandor. 
Yeah, as I was going to ask you about that. So as our resident Ghostbusters expert, can you please remind me how Evo Shander is actually referenced in the original yeah, uh, when, series? When they're in the jail um, and they're talking about the blueprints of Dana's apartment, they mm-hmm. talk about um, Shandor being the like lead architect and building owner and that he was like a Gozer worshiper kind of thing. Um, so that's the, it's in, it's like literally in passing. It's, it's kind of like the, um, like when they kind of explain Vigo, it's the same kind of thing. I'm just like, we're just kind of breezing over it, but that was it. It was like the most throwaway. And I'm sure that in like Dan Aykroyd's original, like eight hour script, I'm sure that there was like a whole subplot about Shandor, but like, it's just a throwaway line as sort of like a little bit of world building. And because this film was absolutely desperate to include and build off of anything from the original film that had not been done yet, clearly that was on the list of like, well, we can do something with this character. So then suddenly, oh, he was from a mining town in Oklahoma. And that's how they got the rare mineral to build Dana's apartment. Like, what a stretch. Okay. yeah, again, it's the they're 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 picking apart the original film like just it's the ultimate Ghostbusters autopsy to just cobble together uh, something that could not possibly in a Ghostbusters fan's wildest imagination upset them. There couldn't possibly be anything other than the fact that it's mostly pretty fucking boring and not funny at all, um, which it, it genuinely is shocking to me uh, th- that it fails so spectacularly at comedy. You know, having read the reviews as we have on the show and how everyone agrees that Ghostbusters 2016 is not funny. There's not a joke that lands in there, except for, you know, like half of them, honestly. Um, Compared to the zero setups or punchlines you get in this film, and you've got, like, a pretty funny cast. You've got Paul Rudd, a comedic actor, a very, very funny person, um, you've got Finn Wolfhard, who obviously can do comedy. You know, we know that from It. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, it's a fucking flatline. No, the, the no fact comedy. that the movie goes, well, the only way to write jokes is have a character tell bad jokes. Because Phoebe, the the Egon and the, mm-hmm. the Mood Slime's granddaughter, <clears throat> yeah, is very awkward about meeting new people. And so she tells very shitty jokes. And like that's what the movie's like. We nailed it. We people said we weren't going to put jokes in the movie. Guess what, folks? Them's is the jokes. And I will say, I I do appreciate that as far as the Phoebe's awkwardness go. I do like that they very directly just say that she is on the autism spectrum, um, and I think they approach that in like a nice way. And you know that's fine. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Finn Wolfhard, he had to be in this movie because you know his agent does specify that he has to be in every movie that's set in the 1980s, every piece of media. And hey, luckily for this movie, though, there is a clause in his contract that uh, as long as it's a remake or a sequel of a property from the 80s... He can still slip don't in. Tell, you know, yeah. And, and don't tell anyone I told you this, but I've heard a rumor, you know, a classic Hollywood rumor, that the real when Finn Wolfhard actually did die as a child in 1989, and his soul is trapped to forever play out remakes and requels of movies that make... Uh, 35-year-old men nostalgic. So, yeah, I was going to uh, say, there's no bust in that paycheck, so good for, yeah. for, good for mm-hmm. that ghost. Um, yeah, no, overall, I don't know. The The film was fine, but ultimately very forgettable. Um, yeah. There wasn't a lot of, like, quotable lines. There wasn't a lot of, like, super, super memorable moments. The, like... Um, the, uh, the, uh, the... 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 Where is the extended cut of this? When Evo Shandor comes back to life after being dead for 10,000 years... 
and to be like, haha, my plan is working and Gozer's returned. We're going to rule. And then Gozer just immediately kills him. And it's like, okay, it's kind of funny that we paid all this money to get J.K. Simmons to come in and play Shandor. But for what? Right. Like, what was the point? So, you know, you listen to Ivan and Jason Reitman talk about the making of this film, and they're using the word family about as much as fucking Vin Diesel does. And it's just... It's just almost kind of gross because, you know, they're acting as if, oh, yeah, we made this film just, like, out of love, and that's it. Like, first of all, money was not involved. And second of all, we totally did not... CGI a dead man into a scene for a long time, for way longer than he needed to be there, if you were to fucking do that at all. Um, and yet they're just like, God, you know, son, I'm so proud of you for making this movie. It's, you know, we totally, this was not about the toys, this was not about the merchandise, this was not about making the internet happy. This was about family. And it's fucking gross. Like, I mean, there's no interviews with, uh, you know, what's his fuck, Mr. Bridesmaids, where he's like, yeah, this movie's about family. He's like, I don't know. I like Ghostbusters and we figured it'd be cool. And uh, I don't know. I figured people wouldn't shit on themselves about it. They would just kind of like either accept it or not. Um, Yeah, yeah, I, I see your point. And yeah, it does feel that's actually, I think, the scariest part of this movie is just like the concept of if you're an actor and you die that there may be a studio somewhere down the line that's like, too bad, you're going to be in this now. Yeah, speaking of sending us fan art, ladies and gentlemen, if you're still listening, which uh, God bless you. Um, you. Are you still here? <laughs> Jesus, fuck. <laughs> um, if you could uh, actually do fan art of CGI Harold Ramis making love to CGI Carrie Fisher and send that uh, to us, if you're, if you're still uh, I would here, really appreciate If you're that. still listening to the show... Please definitely call Life Alert first because clearly you've fallen down and died or you're on death's door and this podcast is still playing in the background. So definitely call 911 first and then send us fan art of ghost fucking because how are you still here? Mm, I want uh, you to I want someone to to animate uh, a CGI Carrie Fisher uh, force floating through the air force into fucking, Harold Ramis's ass. Yes. <laughs> no, and it was it was it 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 was nostalgic. It was you know it was manipulative. It made you know when Ghost Egon shows up, it's definitely like a tearjerker moment. But it is also surprising that he sticks around for so long. Like I wasn't expecting, really I wasn't expecting him to do like a kickflip or something like that. But like he just chills <laughs> for a minute. Like yeah 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 well. Uh, good to see everybody back. Uh, yeah, it like cuts to like a week later, and he's just at a diner with him, and they're like, so... and he's sitting there with the minor guy, and he's like, "So you just fucking you raped whenever you wanted, right? Because there just was not rules." And he's and the miner's like, "Yeah, basically." And he's like, "Wow, that's crazy." So I'm assuming when this movie came out, you saw the memes where uh, when the when the original cast shows up and the three little fucking fat marshmallows in the car like push their faces up against the glass and they all make they all make like the soy face like oh yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like that's the fans that's you that's everybody me. that's you that's you right Tomar now. that's you <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah I don't know it was that was okay. It felt like, it, again, this does really feel less like it's about family and more about, like, what were the lessons learned from 2016? It was like, well, don't yeah. don't deviate too far from the original. 
jam pack it with as much nostalgia as you possibly can. Um, and don't be clever with the cameos. Like, yeah. like, cause in 2016, we didn't even talk about it in 2016, everybody except for Rick Moranis shows back up, but they're not playing their original characters. Like Dan Aykroyd plays a fucking ridiculous cab driver and Bill Murray plays like the super ghost skeptic and Sigourney Weaver plays Miss Frizzle from the magic school bus. <laughs> and, uh, Ernie Hudson is, is Leslie Jones's uncle and yada, yada, yada. Like they all play different characters and that wasn't good enough and so in this one it's like no no we promise they are absolutely the same character they were originally and they've not moved on with their life they've just been sitting in cryo sleep since ghostbusters one was over we're not even acknowledging ghostbusters 2 they were all just in cryo sleep until this day <laughs> where sigourney weaver and bill murray are gonna have like kind of zippy banter which also gets cut severely by the way again i want this extended version but yes. i don't want it because that whole scene feels like it was probably 10 minutes and they chopped it down to like a minute and a half yeah they look uh, you know bill murray looks fucking miserable by the way <laughs> when they strap the proton pack on him when the jumps in he's like i'd rather be anywhere but here right uh let um, me be in, yeah, in garfield three because fuck it it makes me wonder like when he dies, because let's be honest, he's going to be the first that dies of them. I mean, er er Ernie Hudson looks fine, and uh, Ernie Hudson looks you know, fantastic. Ernie, Ernie, Hudson, Ernie Hudson, yeah, Ernie Hudson looks like they just wrapped filming on Ghostbusters two three weeks ago. Like he looks fantastic. He looks great, and we all know Dan Aykroyd made a deal with the Greys to <laughs> peddle his alien vodka in exchange for extended life, right? Which we all so know he's that. Not we just be the know go. That. Yes, just we know fact. that. So it's definitely going to be Bill Murray next. And so, do you think that they're going to go and just? CGI him as well, like next to Harold Ramis, and then it's going to be like the the two living and the two well, dead. They, and it's going to be like oh. what they'll do is they'll they'll CGI Bill Murray next to Harold Ramis first, and then when they do a special edition re-release, it'll be Harold Ramis, and then it'll be Hayden Christensen next to him instead of Bill Murray. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. Um, okay, so there's a, there's a point at which you don't have to. I, I, I'm I'm gonna try not to just continuously shit on this movie. There's a point at which the movie really hits its stride, and I would say it's right around finding Muncher. I would yeah. say the chase through the town, chasing Muncher in the Ecto One when they bring out like the RC ghost trap and all that. Like that's cool, and then that kind of leads not that long after that into like. The Walmart scene where they've got, like, the big puppet of the terror dog. And you're like, oh, fucking cool. Why um, is that Walmart empty? That I don't know. That's the creepiest um, part to me is it's like it was like somebody just um, spawned in Paul Rudd T-posing into an empty map. And it was just like, <laughs> well, we'll figure out something to do in here in a minute. Just give us yeah, a second. In, in, in in real life in a Walmart, the terror dog would see like a man who has just taken a shit in like a minion's bucket hat. <laughs> and let's just, let's just and would the, be like, just, Oh god. Let's just get the Jeff Foxworthy joker out right now. If you're in a real Walmart at ten o'clock at night, a terror dog is about the eighth scariest thing you've seen. And you may <laughs> want to cross, cross the streets. The streets. <laughs> We nailed it, folks. Thank you Ladies so much for listening to Frightful Failures. 
Christ almighty. Okay. Um, yes, I, I don't know why that is, other than the fact that it's a set, obviously. But, um, <laughs> it's CG. It's yeah. all green. Paul Rudd had it's that freak all... out, like, fucking... Uh... <laughs> like Ian McKellen. <laughs> Christ, what am I doing? <laughs> they're, like, they're like, okay, Paul, now the terror dog's coming in, and he's just sitting there in an all-green Walmart, just like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> what is movie making now? <laughs> Gotta go back to slapping the base. I like... <laughs> it's terrible. I like that the, the Marvel movie didn't do that it was ghostbusters <laughs> broke all <Paul> right <laughs> not yeah. yeah uh anywho yeah. yeah i agree um you know muncher chase is probably when things are kind of moving and then how about the scene mm. when the little white girl pulls a gun on the black sheriff that seemed very yeah. odd to me like i was like oh and yeah. then the mom's like oh she didn't mean it like hey What's going on right now? Because this little girl just threatened a man's life. What is happening? Yeah, Christ, I I, I don't know. Um, uh, did you like the scene when the sheriff said, "Who you gonna call?" I don't, I'm not sure if you're aware, but that's a reference to the uh, the first. Now, film. see, I didn't pick up that that was a reference, but my body did spontaneously ejaculate, and I couldn't figure out why it oh. was. And now that makes more sense. My body knew yeah, that I, that was a, a reference, but my mind you went. Did not. You went number three right there in the theater. I um, did. Yeah, so, so, I was. So uh, let me see this. I feel like I was. I w- okay. Right. I was way more indifferent about this after it had time to settle in my brain. I was just sort of indifferent. And I've kind of felt indifferent about both these films, if I'm being totally honest. Like, Mm -hmm. they weren't... Neither one of them were terribly funny to me, but neither one of them were so insulting to me that I was like, I can't fucking believe this. I was just like, okay. You sound like you were somewhat understanding of the first, and you were very adamantly against the second. Well, the problem is, is it's it's kind of like... I mean, uh, Ghostbusters 2016 has become like this prototype that now a lot of remakes and requels are having to kind of reference in some way. So, for instance, like, let's talk about just very briefly here, the new Scream. Did you see the new Scream movie? No. All right. Well, spoilers, everybody. If you don't want to hear about the new Scream, then, you know, skip the next a minute. But, um... So it's heavily reverent, uh, referential to uh, kind of like the new Star Wars movies and the Ghostbusters remakes in terms of like, hey, um, we're going to bring in these old ass original characters. Yeah. They're old as fuck now. And also like fans are super entitled about what happens. And that ends up being the, the killer. That's who's that's Ghostface in the new uh, Scream is a fan of the original movies. Who's like, I can't believe they're doing this. They're a fucking incel on Reddit. Like it literally is referencing like they met up on Reddit. These two like incels who hated the original film or they hated the requels. Um, and so now they were going to come and, and stop the new movie from getting made. Um, so it's all just a big meta commentary on like. This is the new era. And Ghostbusters 2016, I feel like really, you know, I won't say it kicked it off. Obviously, there's there's always been, the internet's always been angry about something. But I feel like it was one of the first really, really notable, like, fan firebacks to a release to where every studio took note and was like, holy shit. And yeah, so, obviously, okay. I mean, this film is so reactive to that, to 2016, that it ends up being boring and forgettable just based on that. Because it ends up being like, hey, I don't have an original thought in my head. So, Gozer's back. Here's the terror dogs. 
There is no Dana, only Zool. Stay Puff, but he's small now. Fucking, uh, here you go. And then here's the original Ghostbusters. Don't cross the streams. Oops, we did anyways. Ghostbusters dead. Okay, goodbye, everybody. Roll credits. There's not an original thought in its head. Whereas Ghostbusters 2016 does at least try some new stuff. It's like, hey, how about a new setting? How about a rock concert? How about a big fucking demon flying pterodactyl ghost? How about, you know, possessing one of the main characters, you know, that's not by a terror dog that is by like a ghost and you know there's a villain who's helping the ghosts you know kind of like uh you know in ghostbusters 2 but not really and you know it, it's just it's actually trying some new things yeah, okay. while being referential to the original film like it's like hey there's still all the reference in there it still says who you're gonna call it just doesn't look in the camera and have a character go who you gonna call and then like wink and then just pause for, like, everybody in the audience to start throwing their popcorn up in the air. That's true. And, you know, and I remember seeing this film in theaters and, like, groaning at parts. And, you know, there's, like, people next to me are just like, shut up. There's a, the, you have an Ecto-1 popcorn bucket in your lap right now. You piece of Stop. shit. Stop. This is for you. <laughs> this is, this movie's for you. And I'm like, but it, it doesn't feel like it. it feel, or it feels like it's trying too hard to be for me. And, you know, in and of itself, it just kind of. It just, it's the snake eating its own tail, you know? Like, it's... Well, it's it's so funny that you bring, you, again, time and time again, if I can sum up our show in any real format, it's that you are brilliant and that you deeply look into and have great thoughts about film, and I am just a dumb ape that flashing pictures entertain me for a brief amount of time. Because I think you're right in terms of both of these films taught things to Hollywood that maybe are not the greatest lessons to learn. The first one being, well, when you're doing a reboot, you can't take too many chances and the internet can take a shit on you. And if he does, then you need to try to adapt accordingly because if you don't and stick to your guns, they're going to eat you alive. Well, that's no way to make a movie. And then the new one, the lesson is, Hey, if you are lucky enough to buy the IP of something that was fit, what was popular a while ago, do not be subtle jam-pack this thing with as many fucking references as you possibly can. Do not reinvent the wheel. Just jam, jam, jam in there, and then people will eat it up, and maybe they'll have deeper thoughts about it later, but who fucking cares? You got their ticket money, baby. You already got their money, kid. Like, that's just... That's the lesson to be learned here, because I do think that there are other films coming down the pipeline now that are absolutely taking a page out of that book, of just, like... There's no room for subtlety and nostalgia. It's just an overload of like, do you remember this? Do you remember this? Do you remember this? Hey, we're treating everything with reverence. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Holy shit. Okay, great. Because like, I think there's a little bit of that in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I think there was a little bit of that in the Boba Fett show. Like there's some other projects that are coming down the pipeline that it's like, here's an IP and we're not going to do anything new with it. We're just going to recycle the same idea, but we're going to polish it and go, look how fucking great it is. And you are not a dumb dumb for basing your personality around this for the last 30 years. You were actually right the whole time. And this fucking thing is great. And you're great for thinking it's great. And that's the direction that I think certain movies are going to be going in. Well, we're going down a very serious uh, rabbit hole here. And while we're in that, before we get back to the fart pee pee poo poo dick jokes, um, uh, I guess my question to you is, do you think there's any solution for this in Hollywood other than just moving forward with original ideas? Well, I think it's actually just the natural progression of what has already been the complaint about Hollywood for the last, fuck, I don't know, 25 years, maybe longer, 
where it's like, there's no more original ideas. It's all just remakes and reboots. That's all anyone fucking talks about. That's the most lukewarm fucking no. It's below room temperature take. Is oh, there's no original ideas anymore. And it's now evolved. And instead of like, it's like we tried to kill it with antibiotics and now it's evolved and now it's stronger because now it's not only reboots and remakes, but you better not change a fucking thing about either of those ideas. That reboot better be exactly like the original and just maybe some slight alterations to like who you got actors in, but try to just cast them to look like the old ones anyway, uh, or fucking deep fake them. Um, that's the, that's the evolution here is like, not only is there no more original ideas, but now it's like, and we're going to make it like a church sermon about how great the original idea was. It's not just, eh, we redid the same movie again and maybe we'll sucker you into paying the same ticket twice. No, now it's, eh, we've remade the same movie again and now it's a religious experience and if you're not on board, then you are pop culturally illiterate. And you're like, oh, fuck me. Okay, well, I guess I'm seeing fucking King Kong 8 and fuck me for thinking otherwise. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a weird, bittersweet, almost kind of sad note for us to end on uh, discussing a film, but it, it I feel like it's appropriate in this case because uh, there's something real yucky underneath Afterlife that's not about family and is about, like, satisfying the internet monster and uh, the, the fandom goblin. And... Uh, I, I I appreciate when a movie does take risks. So, I don't know. I mean, is there anything else you want to say about Afterlife? <laughs> One out of ten stars. It was bad. It was horrible. Kid actors are, are annoying. The actor who played podcast was painful. The plot is awful. The mom character makes a stupid decision by moving the farm, and the ending is really bad. I thought it was going to be about a haunted farm town. Wait, moving the farm. That's what it says here. Moving the farm. Does that happen? Is that how the effect I don't ends? know. Hmm. One out of ten. I'm angry like never before. Oh, boy. This was the worst film I've seen. And if anybody has given this a rating more than three, they must be lying. Or had worked on the film. I'm mad because of how bad this was. I should have walked out, but as a 49-year-old man that loves movies, I was simply hanging on, thinking it was going to get better. It never did. The kids in this seemed to know things instantly. The mother didn't care about her kids. Paul Rudd was pointless in this movie, and the ending, which I won't spoil, was a complete blasphemy. If you loved the original Ghostbusters movie, do everything possible to avoid this disaster. Reitman's Valentine to the original comedy horror classic will make you feeling good. <laughs> um, Reitman, who co-wrote with Gil Keenan the chalk block of Easter eggs screenplay that wisely incorporates its source material with its new cast, the weight of the legacy rests well on the slender yet able shoulders. Ew, don't talk about a child that way. Um, uh, the heart of the film. Um, uh, fun mix of visuals and much welcomed extended cameos, very extended in the case of CGI Harold Ramis, make for a heck of a night at the Cineplex. This is one that really confuses me. Okay. One out of ten stars. The title of the review, 
was looking forward to this, and I was with it all the way up to the awkward cameos from the OG cast. It just didn't feel right having to rely on nostalgia to make a movie that was handling itself very well on its own. So first of all, one star from that? It sounded like you loved the whole fucking never-ending ice cream buffet of nostalgia until these poor fat schlubs walked out of the Ecto 2 at the end. Like, how is that the part that you're like, whoa, 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 cashing in a little bit of nostalgia here, Reitman? Um, let's see. A much better film than the 2016 film. I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife a few hours ago, and I liked it. It was not perfect, but I liked it very much. I do think it is far superior to Ghostbusters Answer the Call, but I would say it may be as good as Ghostbusters 2, which I know is disliked by a lot of people, but Zach Romero loves it, so I guess I like it okay. Wow, this person, they must be a fan. Uh, Count Vlad Dracula on IMDb, I guess they... They know Zach. Count Vlad Zacula. Uh, <laughs> one out of ten stars. You wrote that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> one out of ten stars. Nostalgia for Ghostbusters merchandise. Wow. A Ghostbusters film that's better than the 2016 movie. Is that even possible nowadays? Never, ever think this is Ghostbusters. This film only tries to suck your soul, parentheses, your money, out of you and will left you with an empty void filled with false merch. This review is titled Top Top Top. Um, I am a huge fan of the original ones and was really disappointed from the female version. But this one blew all my doubts away. Great movie. Hope for our next one. Short and sweet, baby. Okay, this is my last one. Okay. One out of ten stars. I'm not going to even say what the title is until the end. Okay. So, this Ghostbusters movie was great. But I sat through this movie expecting one thing. Slimer. He's not in the movie. And he was really the only reason I came to see the movie. At the popcorn station, I saw Slimer plushies. But he's not even in the movie. Overall, it was fine until I saw that not even a millisecond of this pretty good film was my Slimer boy being a slob with his food. One out of ten stars, the name of the of the review, no Slimer. Um, this review just says, women aren't funny, and the title of the, of the review is R.I.P. Harold Ramis. So. Well, there it is. You got it, folks. <laughs> That was the only problem with this film. Too many bitches in it. Uh, and I'm not talking about the terror dogs. <laughs> oh, let's take a break. Okay, Zach. All right, listen. We got a few minutes here. And uh, listen. Hey, get back here. Stop trying to go to the bathroom. All right. So um, instead of uh, giving a quick break, I want to just take a moment here. And this will be real quick. You know. You know the thing about NFTs right now. You know those are those are hot. Those are hot, hot, hot. All those those bored apes and all that. Those are selling for a lot of money. And I think we can get in on that. Do some NFTs for the show. Uh, now I'm not a graphic designer, but uh, since I figure we're an audio only podcast, maybe we'll just do like like 
audio NFTs. You know what I mean? Like we'll do like sounds and that's going to be what's the non-fungible thing. And that way, here's this, nobody can screenshot them too. So, you know, that's, I'm playing 4D chess with these people out here, okay? Nobody can screenshot our NFTs because it's just going to be a sound wave. So I think we need to come up with some good sounds so that we can sell these and, and, and make a buck, okay? What do you think? How alarming has it been to sit there and watch me through FaceTime struggle in agony to come up with one funny thing to say as an incorrect description of what an NFT is. I have thought of every combination of words that start with the letters N, F, and T. Well, you were caught on the N word, I think, I, is what you just kept getting tripped up on. You're like, don't say it. I was not thinking it. Oh, you fool. You've been recorded this whole time. I screenshotted you just like an NFT saying the N word. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. I can't, not even anything. No, no foreign tapes. No fucking thoughts i nothing man. fuck uh, do i need to do the intro again no no you're fine you're fine you're okay. it's a great concept we're gonna make so much money N never for tits god fucking um i'm gonna come up with something uh so okay yeah so soundbite nfts soundbite nifs um yeah, yeah, yeah. We can Nips do that. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. That. Okay, I'm glad you think it's a good idea. Well, um, I think I'll try and, you know, maybe start us off here. So, um, all right, got to make a sound that's kind of like iconic. Like it's like, you know, you. I think uh, you don't want to be too expected. I think people are expecting like, oh, well, they'll just do like their their intro stinger that they do between bits. Like that'll be their sound. Right. That's yeah, too yeah, easy. That's, that's it's got to be one of us. It's got to be non-fungible, you know what I mean? So it's like unique. And so like, I guess like a noise would be like, you know. The, cl the classic the classic frightful failures character con yes. constipated baby we all know and love uh so yeah. con he appears pretty consistently yeah. <laughs> many people opinion the fan favorite of the show uh constipated yeah. baby nft audio um mm -hmm. i would guess if i'm you know obviously we're both involved in the nft market so i would say reasonable mm -hmm. uh estimation of worth because it's going to be one of a kind, I would say probably in the range of like probably 1.1, 1.5 million dollars probably along those lines for constipated yeah, baby. That's fair. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, oh, so it's mine. So Norwegian foot tickler. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, oh, oh, okay. But also, uh, when I think of just classic, classic bits that should be immortalized in an audio NFT from this show, I would think, um, Oh, well, this is going to be a way back. This is pulling from way back. Okay, yeah, sure. Hey, hey, this will be for the original fans. The OGs. You know, it's kind the, of the theme of this episode. The, the original heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I saw Jesus for a minute. I saw Jesus for a minute. Oh, okay. oh. Oh, now I, how can you forget folks out there? You remember the extended old man orgasm <laughs> character followed by very drippy, shock very and drippy. surprise. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> so, 
you all remember that character. I mean, in essentially every one of his segments, he would come in, he would have a very long orgasm, and then he would usually knock something over and laugh um, <laughs> right after. Old man would come in, That's and then a... he would come in. If you know what I'm, if oh, you know what we're baby. saying, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I would say, you know, I would price that probably around five or six Ethereum. Okay. I believe Ethereum right now is is, is going for about, you know, uh, $12,000, you know, somewhere out okay. there. So this would be like a little bit more of an affordable NFT. Yeah. You know, it can't have everything be the super high ticket items. So it'll be a little bit more affordable. Those of you who have five Ethereum sitting around, you know, spend that on this. And, Old man uh, extended and, ejaculation and, NFT. Yes, yeah, please. Yeah, figures. and. Yeah. And that'll be in your collection forever. Now, um, now I would say, you know, for me, the next immediate thing that comes to mind, you know, as far as a, an iconic sound from this, this show goes, would be, of course, and you're all going to recognize this, so don't, you know, don't get too excited, you know, but... Now, I think we all remember where we heard, where we were during the Grady Hendrix interview when we all were introduced to wet puckering asshole. We all remember where we were. So wet pucker. It's like it's like nine eleven. We all remember where we <laughs> were. Our children. They wheeled out a TV during class. It was a whole thing. Uh, yeah, wet puckering asshole from Frightful Fairs NFT. That's got to be at least. We know the we know the value of bitcoins down so reasonably. I would yes. say ten trillion bitcoin probably because it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. so worthless right now. So I'd say you'd probably want to get more bang for your buck on that. But yeah, wet exactly. puckering asshole from frightful failures, I think, is definitely it. It's an investment for sure. Mm-hmm. Now again, I'm trying not to dig deep into the bag here, but I think if you, mm-hmm. especially if you listen to the first reboot of the series, um, the one actually legitimate reoccurring. Uh, quote i guess you'd say or catchphrase of mine during that initial return era is of course <clears throat> thank you for listening to the last episode of frightful failures we all know i said that a thousand times because i'm not very funny and i say the same joke every fucking episode uh so that is a classic in my opinion that is a classic, you know, that's the classic Zach Romero sign-off. You know, you hear that at the end of every episode. He he thanks you for listening to, not this episode, not the current episode, the, final, the last yeah. episode. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, of course. The Zach Romero um, quits so, the show NFT, really. Zach Romero quits the show NFT. Uh, yeah, so, you know, what's good about that one is that you know that it's always sincere, that he really means it's the last episode. And so you get that... that finality to it you know i mean it's truly one of a kind so i would say you know if i were to price it out probably about 3500 dogecoin for that one is is what i would uh, i would price that out as and i think that's a steal honestly so get it while it's hot could easily go up to about 5000 dogecoin if i were to take a guess now we're we're getting pretty fast and loose here with this sale this fire sale for nfts but i just gotta tell you right now this whole sale has made has been so exciting and by so exciting, I mean, when I made the old man sound, I think I gave myself a hernia. <laughs> and halfway through, halfway through, when my face was beet red, I really suddenly remembered, oh my God, I'm old and fat, and this is how Elvis died. And so I really regret doing that earlier. 
And so I really think I might have hurt myself. And so there's that. Yeah. And this bit was gentlemen, worth this it. will go down this will go down as one of those moments in voice acting history, you know, kind of like when uh, Goku went Super Saiyan 3 and the voice actor passed out, you know, during that that session, you know, this was just as strenuous on Zack to make that or, very quiet noise. <laughs> It was very quiet, very extended, and I think I gave myself a hernia. Like, my stomach genuinely hurts right now. Oh, my lord. Well, uh, we I, I, I gotta give Zach his tummy rubs before we get back into the show, so... Uh... Uh, right, so we up. took a long time to get around to this section of the fucking show, where we call the Frightful Fix-It. We're gonna fix these films. And, of course, the rules are... We can't just say don't make them. We can't just say replace the whole cast or rewrite the whole thing. We got to work in the sandboxes that we've been given in order to improve these and give them the frightful failure seal of approval. So let's start with Ghostbusters 2016. Uh, Now, Tien, as is per usual with the lore and history of this show, you have prepared a PowerPoint presentation of good ideas. I have not. So I'm going to let you go first. You're going to come up with something pretty good, and then I'm going to mostly rip it off and then try to yes and into something more entertaining. So go ahead. Sure. Well, you know, luckily when it comes to this of the two films, you know, we, we sort of almost dove into the fixes uh, during our talk of the film that uh, truly making this an R-rated, possibly NC-17 due to extreme violence and gore uh, film in which the ghosts ain't fucking around um is is i would say my primary fix now uh uh another fix i would certainly do is i would recast melissa mccarthy um now i would probably replace her with uh the kombucha girl from tiktok okay uh, you know Brittany what broski you fucking you make that joke but that actually would have been pretty good like i'm telling you i'm not she's genuinely <laughs> very funny not, I know, that's not even a joke. Um, replace her, and that's easy peasy. That's an upgrade all around, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so there's one replacement. Honestly, the rest of the cast can all stay. They're fine. Um, you know, I would say maybe just fine-tune them a little bit in terms of their characters. You know, we talked about, like, you know, the, the characters are often just them kind of doing, the, like, an SNL monologue yeah, almost. Yeah. Like, just coming out as themselves. Um, whereas, you know, if they have more definitive character choices, that might lead to a more interesting relationship with the new Ghostbusters. Um, but really, I think that they're, you know, what's his name from the office needs to be ripped in half and a skeleton at the beginning of the film, uh, to really set the tone for what you're in for, because, you know, this, and I think to honestly just make the incel, uh, like, 15 and have him like wear a leather jacket and combat boots and have it really be like oh my god we know what's coming good lord (laughs) well i think similar to that i think if you go a A, i think if you go r-rated and i think if you go you keep the movie campy you keep the comedy you know big but you make the ghost scary as fuck So that Mm -hmm. when they're reacting and they're like, Jesus, and they're like trying to blast its ass that you were like, yeah, no, I'm going to live with that as a nightmare forever. So they need to fucking destroy this Cthulhu fucking horrifying abomination. Um, 
They they revive H.R. Giger to do all the ghost designs for the yeah, film. Yeah, they're all like nightmarish and of a sexual nature. Um, <laughs> and for the villain, like, why not make it like a cult leader or something like that? Like, why not have it be... Because, you know, for both uh, Gozer and Vigo, it's all after the fact. It's like, oh, this like shit, th- these inanimate objects, this painting and the fucking building are both evil conduits and they, they're summoning these evil forces. But, you know, Janos is a henchman, but, like, it's just whatever. They kind of find henchmen halfway through. But, like, why wouldn't you find... Like, why the incel guy was just sort of like, yes, ghosts are real and I'm going to channel them to fuck this shit up, as opposed to, like, oh, I'm a gozer worshiper. I, I have worshipped this deity and, you know... They and and then don't even acknowledge that there was a previous ghost hunting experience. Just be like, hey, fucking, I'm a gozer worshiper and I'm gonna summon this thing. And hey, here it is. And holy shit, go fuck it up. Plus, I think if you had booked Gozer as the villain in this movie, but also gender swapped it and had it as like a Scandinavian, uh, like model who doesn't speak English, and then somebody else has to do the lines in ADR, um, I think that would have been interesting. Yeah, I, I think that would have been a really good choice. Um, Plus, then if we go with now, your casting and the the kombucha girl's like, oh, I want to fuck Gozer, like that would be like, okay, that's kind of fun. <laughs> that's exactly what she would say. Yeah, just have the uh, well. If you really want to get uh, Brittany Broski to 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 want to fuck Gozer, just have him played by uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, he's that white rapper. What's oh, his MGK? name? Jack Har Jack Harlow. Oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Just have him play by Jack Harlow. No, just have him play by... Yes, I think you should have every character in this movie played by Machine Gun Kelly. I think hey, he's answer. been in some movies. He's a good actor. He's weed. <laughs> <laughs> what a timely reference that we're just going to sit back and laugh about and go, Oh boy, what a knee slapper <laughs> oh, yes. from the year 2022. Oh, wow. Very funny. Uh, uh, TBS, very funny. Okay, so um, I would say... <laughs> If you really want to, uh, if you really want to go full uh, R-rated with this one, I would say what you do is you have the Ghostbusters kind of, you know, meet Slimer in the beginning and almost have there be like an existing relationship, like the cartoon show, like almost like they're pals. Um, and then all the Ghostbusters get brutally fucking murdered oh, right in front of Slimer, and Slimer becomes like Rambo, like he's out for revenge. So he 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 like takes the takes the red bandana and everything he steals the incels ar-15 and he's a slime out for revenge and that's the film that's that's well you know you'd be at least making it for that one guy who left the review of why no slimer uh (laughs) why no slimer well here's my thought r.i.p harold Ramis. what if would it would it be appealing at all if you kept the stakes low but you really did make it almost a meta thing about women looking powerful. Like, like the Walter Peck of this world is not even like an official. It's just like a guy who's just pissed online and keeps trying to get them shut down because he's just mad. Like, like the Ghostbusters are just busting ghosts and there's no real issue. Like they're figuring out the technology and all that shit. And then like, there's just some asshole who keeps like calling in bomb threats wherever they're going to help and so like the ghostbusters just keep getting hassled by the cops and it's just like oh this would be what life would be like if you were in the public eye and like a female trying to like do some shit and get some stuff done um 
and then the ghost of Roe v. Wade shows up, and then it's a real fucking pickle after that. Yeah, uh, the ghost of every baby that uh, it's just a state puff marshmallow man made out of fucking unborn fetuses. Oh wow! Well, this would be now that, ladies and gentlemen, is a fix I've ever heard. That's a fix if if it's co-written by uh, the guy who did Invader Zim, and it's fucking two thousand and (laughs) two, and you've got yourself a movie. Now I don't know why they don't get Jonan Vasquez of Invader Zim fame to 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 direct every modern film right. honestly because then you make sure it's just the right amount of law random xd <laughs> hey man you can't tell me that if fucking holt said squee at some point you wouldn't be like well it's at least getting five stars oh uh, <laughs> yeah well you're not wrong you're not wrong at all um and she yeah, she actually, she put on her girl hoodie uh, halfway yeah. through the film, and I said, this is what we needed. When they when the proton pack don't work, and they're like, what's going on? Like, oh, I filled them with, with like, cheese. like Pancake yeah. syrup. Put, yeah, exactly. why? Oh, in case we needed it for later. Like, oh, God, yeah, ultra, like, so random. LOL, so random. XD, RAR. Yeah, um, then when the anyways. Stay Puft Marshmallow Man shows up in a fucking ninja costume and Gozer's dressed as a pirate, and then you just shit yourself to death in the theater, because it's never going to get any better than this. <laughs> wow, okay, wow. You know, the thing about fixes is I can really prepare anything I want, but fixes happen organically. That's true. And this is how, ladies and gentlemen. So, Jonan Vasquez is directing Ghostbusters 2016. That's the fix. Yep. Um, sometimes, in order to make it LOL so Sometimes random. the so, best fix um, is in the fucks. So, there it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So, then let's talk about Afterlife. Now, obviously, let's get this out of the way first. A great fix for Ghostbusters Afterlife? Have an original idea at any point in the filmmaking process. At any point. Just come up with something uh, that's like... Something that will extend the universe, you know, kind of add any sort of background or future to the Ghostbusters lore. Do anything. Something about something. And not other than just say, hey, guess what? There's only one story in the Ghostbusters universe, and it involves Stay Puff and the Terror Dogs and Gozer, and fuck you if you think right. otherwise. Fuck um, you, so... it's all about Darth Vader or go fuck yourself. There's just we're not <laughs> yeah. telling any other stories. Well, speaking of Darth Vader, here's the real fix with this movie. So, um, you really just have it rip off Force Awakens even more, and instead of having the original cast be cameos, you have them just be characters working alongside the original, uh, or rather the new franchise leaders. Um, so you got old as fuck Ghostbusters, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray working alongside the kids, and they're being cranky and old, and they can't keep up, and they got witty comments or whatever, and you almost make it maybe like a globetrotting to just, like, assemble them. So, like, you have the rising action in the film be pretty early on. Like, hey, there's something really fucked up happening in this town, and the only people that can help are the Ghostbusters. So, uh, Paul Rudd and McKenna Grace's character, you know, Phoebe Egon's granddaughter, uh, start traveling across the country to go find the original Ghostbusters. Um, they meet up with everybody. Um, they bring them all back to the sites. Everybody's got their proton packs. They they fight against Gozer. It doesn't work. And you realize, oh, holy shit, um, your equipment was built in the 1980s. Technology's evolved a lot since then. So then Paul Rudd and McKenna Grace, like, they team up and actually use modern technology and modern science to rebuild the proton packs. 
and rebrand them for toy purposes, kind of like they did in Ghostbusters 2016, but everyone hated it for some reason. Um, and then you actually defeat Gozer. So it literally, it solves a few problems. A, it solves the problem of, hey, how come when all the original cameos show up at the end and they fire at Gozer, uh, nothing happens. But then when Egon's granddaughter fires at her, she's like, oh, my one weakness. The lead character, the protagonist is firing at me now. And they do a fucking Voldemort, Harry Potter, like, blast battle in CGI and Kamehameha each other. Um, and it doesn't make any sense. I mean, she's using the same exact shit that the originals are using. It's the same fucking Yeah, but she, they didn't have the power of love. They sure didn't. Uh, they, the only... She sure... The, the only did. adjustment I would have to your fix is... In addition to updating the equipment with modern technology, I still think they should be like, ah, oh, we it's not enough juice. We can't get rid of Super Gozer. God, what are we going to do? And right when things seem most dire, the fucking Lady Ghostbusters from 2016 show up. And oh we, my God, we super yes. bury the lead. And it's like, just kidding. <laughs> this is actually retribution for 2016. Fuck you for being pieces of shit about it. And then they end up saving the day. And then like they save the day and then all the kids just fall in a ghost pit and like go to the ghost dimension and die. Well, they all come back out with white hair. And then Bill Murray, (laughs) Bill Murray turns to fucking Melissa McCarthy and is like, you know what? You were the best Ghostbuster of all. And she's like, thanks. And then farts. And then that's the end credits. (laughs) Wow. Well, uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, I cut print. (laughs) <laughs> that yeah i mean there's not much of a better fix than the that fixes I mean, in the fucks. Uh, and then and then and then of course the uh in the credits it says ghostbusters in parentheses 2016 will return girl lady ghostbusters will return <laughs> yes and the rest yes. of them are all dead yes <laughs> yes all the original ghostbusters all have heart attacks when the ladies show up and then the ladies <laughs> step in yeah <laughs> basically um, honestly, though, I feel like if you made them actual characters, I mean, they would absolutely pull a fucking Han Solo and they would just kill one of them throughout the movie, too. You'd probably kill Bill Murray. You know, that makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, just murder him in the middle of the film, and that way you get that redemption arc. And It would actually be pretty upset. shocking if he, because a lot of his stuff that he says in Afterlife to Gozer is just sort of like rambling old man nonsense. You're like, what? He's like, oh, honey, what, get back to the nursing hall. And you're like, what the fuck are you even talking about? But if he just starts talking shit and then Gozer just tears his jaw off, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> holy fuck right. gozer's not fucking around yeah. and then when the girls show up of course they go do ray and then they fucking blast him like <laughs> it's pretty sweet yeah no absolutely and then um, danny devito plays slimer <laughs> boom boom there it is josh gad go goes, fuck I'm yourself the slime man i throw slime all over the ring they're like oh slimer <laughs> and he becomes part of the group and we just do the the later seasons of the real ghostbusters that nobody wanted um yeah that's fixed folks ladies and gentlemen that's how you fix a film uh, i hate to tell you well um now that we've uh turned off our entire fan base of uh you know mid-30s neckbeards who thought they were you know, tuning in to hear us shit all over 2016 and defend their their beautiful afterlife. Uh, now that we have zero fans, uh, what do you want to promote here this week? Well, the real bitch of the bunch is that I'm definitely going to, once you edit this monstrosity, I'm definitely going to cut the 
uh, entire segment about Ghostbusters Afterlife and just include that as an extra on all the tapes of Afterlife that I ever make. So that when people oh, watch past the end credits so that, you know, uh, we can have a little teaser about, oh, we're making a sequel and, and Ernie Hudson's going to be in it a lot, I guess. And then you're like, oh, great. Then it just slam cuts to us just taking a big fat shit on what they just watched. <laughs> Uh, so that we can really alienate people and make sure that they don't subscribe to our channel. Which, by the way, hey, subscribe yeah. to our channel. Uh, follow Please. us on all social media platforms. We update everything regularly. Make sure you uh, follow everybody on the Slashing Cast Network. We love them. They are so supportive uh, from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, go support Grady Hendrix and uh, Ephemeral Rift and the 20 Penny Circus and... God damn, you're making some callbacks. Are you are you trying to make a point? Uh, are you trying to prove that you do remember? Fucking, I can't remember uh-huh. his name, who's the voice of Marvin the Martian. And oh my God, Bob, Bob Bergen. Bergen. There you go. Th- give, thanks to Bob Bergen. Uh, and that one, remember that one lady we interviewed that one time? Uh, who was, what was her name? She worked with Bill Mosley. <laughs> oh, he froze, guys. Oh, jeez. Oh, he froze. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Frightful Failures. Uh, on behalf of Tien Gagnol, I am Zach Romero. Uh, and until next time, continue circulating the tapes. And none of them have their suits zipped down either, if you can believe it. And they're not even that hot. Like Kristen Wiig, I'm going to do that again because I felt something (laughs) dislodge in my throat. (laughs) Big old arms hold me tight against him as I wish for this moment to never end. Here's the thing. Here's the problem with the sketch. The problem with the sketch is not the writing and it's not how you're doing it. The problem with the sketch is... I think I've done a different voice for every single line that <laughs> I, I've had. Same. I just was thinking that. I was like, I'm doing a different voice every time it comes back to me. Half the time, okay. my autism spiked, and I just did the same voice that you did for your line. <laughs> so now the, the bit of this bit is these two autistic alpha men can't keep their shit straight, and one of them, played by me, might have had a stroke halfway through. We're, We're the, the minority, minority now. <laughs> the countdown. This is never going to work. We have to count down. I'm going to count three, two, one, and then we both say. All right, it, okay? let me say. Uh, a... Oh, but I forgot McKamey Manor. God damn it. Oh, McKamey Manor. That's right. Yeah. That was a complete train wreck after the fact. But was our best <laughs> yes, joke ever when we asked him about including yes, Beetlejuice. About Beetlejuice. That was so fucking funny, <laughs> and he was so not That was one of the only times we've all, we've we've only like kind of like got somebody. Usually we just let him in on it. We're like, we're going to be fools. Um, but that was one of the only times we really like Eric Andre'd somebody, yeah. and we're like, well, what about Beetlejuice in your haunted house? And he's like, ah. Uh... <laughs> well, we're going to be a little busy waterboarding people, but I guess I guess we can play <laughs> some Harry Belafonte. I guess one of them could be dressed as Beetlejuice. So <laughs> yes. I don't know. When someone's yeah. like <laughs> pretending to rape another person, I guess, I guess it could be like, it's showtime, I guess. I guess that's not a problem. I guess. Like, it's a weird make a wish thing. Like, he has to include Beetlejuice somehow. He's like, I, I guess. He's got to. <laughs>